and then I, I ended up, you know, being processed and like they drove us across town, processed us, kicked us out in the snowbank essentially. And, uh, just in time for me to call my family when they were on their way to school. Mm-hmm. And then such a made for TV moment. Like, yeah. I'm like, like, I think they were on speakerphone. They'd already heard that I've been arrested by this point. So I called them and I'm like, happy birthday, son. Sorry. I got arrested on your birthday. He's like, he's like, dad, it's the best birthday gift you could give me. <laughs> he's like, you're fighting for my freedom. Smooth. I know, right? <laughs> right away. <laughs> I was pointing boom, at you a to boom like... hit. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first thing. Well, welcome oh. to the Blue Collar Philosophers, guys. I am Kickstand. That is Biker Mike from Mars. Yo, and yo. Uh, yeah, we're joined in the studio today with a guest. Uh, Bern Buchert is joining us today. And uh, I think this is actually pretty cool. This is like, what, two years removed from the from the initial push for for the Freedom Convoy? Because nearly, nearly there, yeah, yeah, nearly there. The funniest part is the fact that our very first episode was us talking truckers. Yeah, our very first, like we were like, hey, we should talk about this we, protest that's happening. Yeah, our actually our first episode was right after the Emergencies Act was enacted. Yeah, so we were we were all hot and bothered about wow. that. <laughs> that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess this would be right about the time where a buddy and I started talking about going, like really close to the same time. Really? Yeah. 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 So think it, about it. if and it, we, isn't, we, if it we, isn't obvious to the to the listener, uh, Bernie was uh, one of the guys that drove his truck across the country as a part of the convoy. And a lot of people know the truck because occupied it, Ottawa <laughs> for pretty much the duration of it. And people <laughs> would recognize the truck when they see it because it had a giant freedom sign on the back. I don't know if they recognize the truck, but the sign. Uh, the sign. The they the sign, recognized yeah. the sign. It was like, oh, yeah. that one. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people they had trucks that were as various recognized, like big red that people taught. I don't know anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people had that. But that sign, I. I mean, obviously, I've got a vision for it, but it's because of the sign. Mm-hmm. It's just showed up in so many different music videos and different collages and different, yeah, just different things, right? Because you could literally see that sign from five miles away across yeah. the prairies, right? Like and read it. Yeah, it was forty feet long and you know <laughs> six feet high. <laughs> How long did it take you? Did, who fapped that up for you? Uh, well, can you, if you can say? <laughs> oh yeah, he's been one of my biggest supporters, really, and it, it was funny how he got involved with it. But uh, a fellow named David Blaney over at Northern Trust. Okay. Who I'd hauled, I'd hauled stuff for him. I'd hauled trusses for doesn't, this guy. Doesn't Will work? Yeah, at, totally. Yeah, yeah Will <laughs> Smith, one of our, our frequent I've, guests. I've been on with those guys too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, knew Dave from a long time ago. Um, so his brother, own, Dave's brother, owns it. Or mm. I, mm. I don't know exactly how it works, but anyway, no, I, I'd hauled stuff for for David before, who's the yard manager. I, I don't even know what his title would be over there, but he he's yeah. the guy I always dealt with. Yeah. And so I'd hauled a bunch of trusses for him prior to hauling fluid. So then when this uh, convoy stuff started coming up, he calls me one day out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him for a while because I hadn't been hauling trusses. He's like, hey, uh, I was just thinking, man, if somebody needs some help building something, like a sign or something, if somebody wants to be involved in this convoy, he's like, uh, I'd be happy to help if, if you know of anybody that would want to. And I, I sort of forget the exact chronology there, but I'm like, that... I'm, like at that point it was just hitting my 
Hit radar. Me a radar. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and then, or maybe it already had, because I'm just like Dave. That's funny that you would call, because I think I'm gonna go. And he was just excited. He was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So, mm-hmm. so yeah, he built the frames that that put it together, that uh, that held it up, and then Autographics was helpful with putting together the signboards. Mm-hmm. And then late one night, we threw it a bunch of neighbors and I threw it together in a in a shop. And the Saturday night before, we had a rally around our town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Saturday night before that, or even the the morning of, I think, <laughs> in true true me fashion it was the morning of probably <laughs> um yeah threw it all together and tied it down made sure it wouldn't go anywhere and yeah and just last minute it was very last minute that's uh, but that's... when we when we talk about the chronology like um especially when you do <clears throat> night shift and i've got a good buddy jeff that i um that i worked with um and sometimes you just end up either on on your two-way radio or on the phone just trying to keep each other awake yeah. Right. Like with Bluetooth and headsets, you can keep doing your job, and sometimes you'll end up talking at three, four hours a night. Oh yeah. Just to keep each other awake, and uh, we we were in the same boat. Like we were, and probably where you guys were too. Like you just wanted to see, I don't know, you wanted to see something come back to normal. Yeah. Where every conversation didn't revolve around mandates and didn't revolve around what was going on to our society and didn't revolve around all these measures, right? Like yeah. I just wanted to talk about hockey yeah. for I mean, a change, at, at right? At that point, what it was like, it was almost two years, two that, years we, that we yeah. were like just in this world that was so foreign. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and it wouldn't it let go of, of we tragedy. Of <laughs> so it was my buddy Jeff then that initially latched onto a poster that was being circulated on social media, I think about this convoy and uh and it would have been right around this time it would have yeah maybe a few days past this but right around the middle of january yeah in 2022 yeah and um he's like are we going to ottawa i'm like yeah we are <laughs> you know just excited to have a, <laughs> I, I have a buddy so I was wanted go to go because i have friends and family yeah. there i'm like oh that'd be crazy it'd be more vacation yeah. than <laughs> protest for me bomb truck i got i didn't have anything that would contribute anything it would just be yeah well I I, I i'd seen it. right like like we were just talking about like just getting tired of talking about it and like so many of us like what can we do like mm-hmm. what are we going to do about this so when this comes up i'm like well dude i can drive a truck across the country like that's yeah that's what we do yeah you know like this is right in my mm-hmm. ballpark and so when that came up and, and it was really interesting once my family heard about that I was thinking about going, then I almost couldn't not go. Like they were so immediately a hundred percent on board. Really? Oh, so there was um, no backing out. <laughs> no, no, I should have thought that through. Yeah. Um, my 10 year old at the time, like he, uh, and he, he uh, we're only on the air, so you can't see this, but the biggest old fist <clears throat> pump, like he's like, yes, finally we're doing something. Yeah. You know, cause he was the sensitive one. He was the one that we were seeing the most impact really? as a, as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like starting to feel pretty down and like yeah. just, we were pretty blessed to be, our kids go to this, this really neat private school out in Baldonnell. Oh yeah. I've heard no of it. Yeah. Freedom Thinkers. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Freedom Thinkers, I guess. Um, things were as normal as they could be there, mm-hmm. but it was still like, it was just yeah. like we were all in our bubbles and social side suffered and just, I think it was so hard on so many kids. You know, yep. like the most of the rest of us, whatever, we have jobs to go to, we have things to do. Um, 
you start covering up kids' faces and you start covering up their that smiles. That was one of the biggest travesties, yeah. I think, was covering up kids' faces and having them look at adults with covered faces. Like, I, yep. I can't imagine what kind of irreparable, like, psychological thing that that did to that generation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was, like, when we travel across country and, and imagine we'll touch into it a little more, but Winnipeg was insane. Like, it was just the, like, my buddy Andy who came with me, we traveled through the middle of the night after our local um, mm-hmm. rally, got through Edmonton in the night, slept on the far side, and then got through Lloydminster, yeah, Lloydminster and then North Battleford. Mm-hmm. But Lloydminster is where we joined up with a convoy. And then and have zero idea what this is going to be, right? Like yeah. maybe it'll be a dozen trucks. Like you, you just don't know. Yeah. And a dozen would have been, <laughs> it would have impacted the, it would have impacted Ottawa, but. Yeah. But every step, it just grew and grew and grew. Like, Regina was huge. Like, Regina was where we joined with, uh, like, the lower mainland and lower Alberta. Okay. So you merged there, and then after that, it was one convoy headed across. That's where you really caught a sight of what this was going to be. And uh, it just grew. But I think, Devin, you were talking about, like, like, how it was such a travesty to have kids' faces covered. The crush of people in Winnipeg that came out to support us, like if there's a trucker that went through Winnipeg and says he stayed dry-eyed, he's lying to you, flat out lying, because I didn't talk to one that's mm-hmm. that wasn't deeply touched. Just with the crush of people and the support that you saw, but I think a huge part of it was for so long, we'd only seen half of people's faces. Yeah. To see all these signs with hope and all these Canadian flags and then seeing smiles. Like yeah. seeing all these smiles was huge. So like, so like was, a, a sea of smiles. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. The thing is, you don't think that something so simple as a smile would make a difference. It's like, oh, yeah, people are smiling. And it's like, no, you don't get it. You haven't seen a smile, a genuine crowd of smiles in who knows how, in two years, where people are excited for something that's happening. And it's, it's you forget these little things and you take them for granted, and you're like, oh, how how could I just? And for two years, there had been so little to be excited about. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I rem- I remember that first week of of kind of this happening, but it it was for me anyway the first kind of like glimmer of hope of the end mm-hmm. was was seeing everybody go out to that and seeing the response that kind of followed the trucks everywhere it went. Mm-hmm. That was my first sense that. Oh, maybe maybe there is actually a light at the end of the tunnel, and this isn't just going to continually, just forever be like I know certain provincial governments were, they were they were dancing around the line, like taking off some things, putting on others, but they were flip flopping. Not BC though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we were always just the hammer, the down. friggin' worst, yeah. you know, yeah. especially us up here north, like. <laughs> the, just the worst of the worst, apparently. Yeah, right. yeah. I got, but uh, I got cussed out a couple times. <laughs> well, just like like the Southern BC thought B- Northern BC was oh, the worst. For like sure, we yeah. we actually got like worse sanctions than other places because yeah. they were sick of us not complying. <laughs> and on the flip side, why aren't you doing what you're told? Like I definitely recognize we still do live in a bit of a bubble up here. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we have our uh, you want to call them blue collar jobs to go to, right? Like yeah. like my well. As, a, cent- a lot of truck drivers would echo this. Like our jobs didn't change all that much, depending really on your level of social interaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the oil field, like there were actually some sites that were easier. 
Yeah. Because now you didn't go wandering through the office to go sign a permit or whatever. You did it at the window and it cut 10 minutes off your day. Like it, it actually got a little more streamlined and it remains more streamlined to this day. Yeah. So I counted myself very fortunate, you know. Um, but man, you start driving through cities or start talking to some people that are stuck in a concrete jungle and just <sighs> what they, like the heart goes out to them. Like the things they had to deal with and not yeah. being able to just, you know, we're all five minutes and you're out. Middle of nowhere. Down some dirt road, right? Yeah. Breathing some fresh air and nobody to bug you. Mm-hmm. Not, yep. Like there's so many people that didn't have that luxury. I feel bad for these people that are like, oh, the world is overpopulated. I'm like, maybe your world is. <laughs> My world is not. Yeah. I, I, <sighs> yeah. Go for a drive up to Fort Nelson, have a flat tire halfway <laughs> out there. You're not going to think it's overpopulated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's I like what I wouldn't give for rush hour right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate that. I, I grew up. Like I said, um, around Ottawa and all these places. So I learned to drive Montreal. I learned to drive in Ottawa and get, you know, and all that stuff. And so real traffic, fuck, it sucks. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Not a fan. So when I'm in Fort St. John, even when traveling to go see my parents and I go through Edmonton, which has traffic, but it's not that but it's, bad. it's not like downtown it's, Vancouver. It's, it's not, not like downtown Vancouver. It's, not it's like Toronto. Yeah. Toronto is horrible. And even Ottawa doesn't have that bad compared to Toronto and some parts of Montreal. And I love this city. Yeah. I love how we're in a bit of a bubble when it comes to not only how we treat one another, but the way that we engage with the world around us. Yeah, we got a tough up here. But no one's telling me to put a mask on every five minutes. and cut. I got cussed out once pretty hard. Mm-hmm. For not wearing a mask, because um, yeah, I had a uh, CFS, and yeah. it uh, really did almost feel like we have a bit of like an us against the <laughs> us against the province mentality. Oh, yeah. Right. So imagine now, like fast forward to when we finally left Ottawa, came back, mm-hmm. and you're even Ottawa is starting to change their tune. Mm-hmm. Manitoba had relaxed some, Saskatchewan had reversed, Alberta, and I'm driving home to BC. That at that point was just doubling down. Yep. I'm like, it was so tempting to stop every province short of BC. <laughs> if I didn't have a family here, I don't know if I would have ever made it by. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very happy that I skipped it. I, um, I, I didn't listen. I, I am part of the problem that wouldn't just do as they were told and wear the mask, mm. take the jab or any of that stuff. I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm going to keep my distance with people that I don't like anyways. And the people that I do like. They don't care. So <laughs> While it's in my mind, I think I kind of want to share a story with you, Devin, that what you were saying about the psychological damage and how for kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah. While it's triggering, because I'm old enough to wear my memories, fleeting thing. <laughs> um, it's capitalized. <laughs> you guys know who Chris Sky is? I've heard the name. No, I haven't. The name he does sound a little bit familiar. Media <clears throat> personality. He actually ran for mayor of Toronto. Um, you'd recognize him if you saw him. He's He's an interesting cat for sure. We, I met him on a tiny little convoy we did here when we went to Southern BC. I only went, as, we went as far as uh, Williams Lake. Anyway, he reaches out, he reaches a bunch of different people that most of us don't. He has followings here and there. And his biggest thing was non-compliance. Mm-hmm. That was, that was his thing. Like, just don't wear the mask. Don't, yeah. you know, non-compliance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he has a pretty big following and he sa- he was sharing a story. He says he gets, I think it was on a ferry. He gets on a ferry down in Southern BC going to the island and he, uh, he's on the ferry and some, uh, a lady 
with just a, like an eight-year-old son. Comes up to him. And she's like, oh, my God, Chris Sky, I'm your biggest fan. And she's unmasked, but her kid's wearing a mask. And he's like, he, he says, I had this mental dialogue with myself. He's like, man, that doesn't add up. Like, do I say something? But he's like, I was hungry and I was tired. It's like, no, I'll let it go. I'm going to go get in line for food. Mm-hmm. Goes, gets in line and f- for food. And who ends up right behind him but this lady with her kid. He's like, well, now I got to say something. So he says, so I don't want to be rude, but if you're my biggest fan, she says, why, did you, why is your kid wearing that mask? Like, have you not heard a thing I've been saying? Mm-hmm. And this lady just starts crying. She's like, watch this. And she goes to pull the, thing, the ear loop off her kid, and the kid flips out, absolutely loses his mind. And she's like, he's been led to believe by anybody in leadership in his world, men especially, and she kind of pointed at men. She's like, everybody in this kid's world has led him to believe that the air is poisonous. She's like, what is he supposed to think? You know, he thought he was going to die if that mask got pulled off. He literally thought he was breathing poisonous air. Like, that's just brutal. Like, that's an eight-year-old kid that's supposed to have, like, it gets me. You know, like anybody as a father, like you, like those are our valuable resources and that's been done to our kids and nobody seemed to care, you know. That story just stuck with me. Like maybe my memory won't leave it, but that's tough, right? Like, mm-hmm. like here's a kid who needs some role models to look up to and every role model in that kid's life just rolled over and went with it. Those fuckers should be in prison. <laughs> that's an easy like, How, how do you... How do you do that to a kid? Like, to... To all of them. I mean, like, not every kid takes it exactly to that end, but, like, that's a whole generation of of impressionable young minds that... They trust... The thing is, they trusted their elders. They trusted the people that were... They have their... I, I assume these people have their kids' best interest at heart. I do. I earnestly believe they do think that. Well, simultaneously, they pay no consequence for the fact that maybe you were fucking wrong. Maybe you got to go back and be like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I was misled. I don't know. It's not that bad. Heck, in fact, it's better for you that you not wear the mask. If anything, it's making you more sick because of the pneumonia that comes <coughs> with it or the bacteria, especially if you're not handling it properly. But it's been a confusing few it's years, right? Like, like prior to 2020... I don't think any of us would have said that you'd see such vile rhetoric come from some people against another group of people that last year were their friends or their neighbors or whatever, right? Like just yeah. just the way people were so willing to throw people under the bus or yeah. wish the absolute worst on them because they don't share your exact viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And that's from either side. Like yeah. that's not, it's not limited to pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, pro-mask, anti-vaccine. Like, yeah. It was going both ways. Like, it just, people lost their decency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Like, I remember, (laughs) I remember there was, there was a moment where, like, I was going to go travel to see my sister-in-law, or sorry, my sister and brother-in-law in in, uh, Newfoundland. And to make that trip, we had to get vaccinated. You know, at that point, when we were buying tickets, there was no end in sight and at that point, we didn't even know if once that end in sight came, if traveling was going to be a thing. So we took a calculated risk and decided to get vaccinated in order to go see our family. And the actual biggest thing that was holding me back was fear about what 
my what my friends were going to think of me of oh, being okay. a not pure blood. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like okay. that that was the thing. I was like, man, if I go do this, people are going to look down on me. Like, you know, for being you know, uh, for being a pushover, for for being a wimp, for for going with the flow. For when in our past has that ever been an issue? Never. But like, you know, so like I yeah, I it was weird cuz like like intellectually, I agreed with everybody who didn't get the vac mm-hmm. the vaccination. But I was like, you know what? I just trust that God's got me on this one. I don't want to take it. But more than that, I actually want to go see my sister and my nephews and nieces. So, okay, let's Fun question. Did you actually get any of that kickback of people coming to you and be like, oh, I guess you're a bitch. I guess you just do as whatever your government tells you. Or did you have a lot of people who's like, hey, man, I got people. I got caught people getting ready. (laughs) <laughs> okay. but stopping themselves yeah right right but you know there was the point of like where it was like you know where it's almost like i had to explain every time i say yeah i'm vaccinated people would give me the side glance and then i'd say why and they're like okay i guess but you yeah. can't have it both ways right yeah like like i am adamantly opposed to it yeah i mean obviously so much more now yeah than i was early in 2020 yeah. but if i want the freedom to not need to take it or not have to if I choose not to, then mm-hmm. I also need to be okay with you deciding to take it and not give you any flack for it. Like mm-hmm. that's your choice. It's your body. It's your choice. I don't, I don't know. Like uh, people are so. I've, I, the, the, my biggest upset with the whole thing is the fact that people f- that like Devin didn't want to take it. Yeah. And it's one thing to take it to go see your family. At that, that point, is your, it is your choice. You do a risk analysis. You pray about it. You do whatever it takes to get to the point where you're like, okay, I can do this. But it's another thing where it's like, hey, it's your livelihood. You don't take do this. Do this or else. Do this or else. We're going to take your livelihood. If you don't like it, just here you go. It just ended up being such a pressure thing, right? Like, like Devin, like that's that's a solid reason for taking, like, you mm-hmm. know, like that's a solid reason, right? And I appreciate where you come from where you say, you know what? God's got me. Yeah. Like he does, right? Like where, where's our faith in? Is it? It's not in that vaccine or not taking that vaccine. That's not going to be the be all or end all either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, you know, but I worked with some guys that were so adamantly against it. And it was just um, the re- a couple of guys, the reason that they ended up getting the shot like a year and a half in. One guy wanted to go to the States to go look at a pickup. <laughs> the other guy wanted to go to the movies. I'm like, so, seriously? That's what it's like worth you, to them. You hung in there this long. <laughs> So things almost got back to normal. And then you took it because you wanted to go see a movie. Like, yeah, it must like, have been a I, great I, I movie. I just hope you don't regret it. Hopefully that's, it wasn't Cocaine it. Bear. But, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great movie, mother. Okay. It's real dumb. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar. <Yeah. laughs> but it should have just never got to that point. Like it should have never got to the point where like it shouldn't still shouldn't be at yeah. that point no. where you feel like you got to defend that choice. Mm-hmm. Or explain it, or where it's anybody's business. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But that's on both sides. It's like, oh no, I'm 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 immune. I'm good. It's like, I, nope, I'm good. I don't need it. For what it's worth, don't ever anybody that don't call yourselves a pure blood around my wife that drives her bad. <laughs> oh, she hates that term. Really? Oh, it's yeah. a stupid term. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. It really it is. is. It has dumb. some area, so, area it's got tones so too. Much. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it carries some stuff, and, and it carries <laughs> so much baggage. <laughs> some people mean it. Some others, like myself, if if I don't say it, <laughs> yeah. If I were to say it, it would be a, like you know, you know, I'm joking, right? Right. right. <laughs> you say so. <laughs> I, I yeah. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. I'm not special, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I didn't need to get it. That was my saving grace. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm good. But it's I just... was I was really grateful though that to travel we didn't need to get my son vaccinated because that okay. would have been a deal breaker. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, it, I would have been a complete and utter deal breaker to to force him to do it. Yeah, like then we yeah that, at that point we would be like all right trips off nobody's getting it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, oh I, it's it's uh, <coughs> have you seen that thing of nobody nobody who hasn't taken it regrets it for a second, where some people are like oh you're gonna regret it. It's like I haven't met a mm-hmm. single person yet. That regrets not taking it, mm-hmm. yeah. And that that should say something. I no offense to the people that have, because I, people I make their choice. Hearing and hearing a close person to me, his son begging his dad to go get it, simply so that he could go do things with his friends, yeah. like go to the arcade or to the movies and stuff like that. Yeah, because he couldn't go do things with them in places where he needed a vaccine pass to get into. Yeah. Like, and he so longed, yeah. yeah, so longed to be able to go and spend time with his friends that he just needed, like, felt like he needed to get this done. Like, it had no, nothing to do with the health stuff at all. It was simply, the like, social this, aspect. Is, this is what I need in order to be a teenager. It was kind of tough to watch. Like, I, he kind of passed it off as a bit of a game, but still, as a parent, it was tough to watch my 14-year-old, and it happened numerous times, getting kicked out of his, the swimming pool or, you know, or movies. Like, really? Like a handful of times, for sure, where he tried. Like, and he tried, and he tried, and he tried, and he'd get kicked out. And I'm like, I mean, he's he's one of these, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call him a man's man, and we'll just laugh it off, and uh, yeah. no big deal, but... But it still, it's, it still takes a toll. Like to it. Like yeah. it's, it, it, it calluses your soul. It yeah. really does. Yeah. You know, and, and that was the world we were living in preceding this freedom rally thing that went on. Like, so like, you're tough. Your kid's going to be a tough kid though. Yeah, no, he, no offense he, to him. No, he's good stuff for sure. Like, it, it, it t- like if you face that kind of adverse social adversity that early and you're still willing to push butt up against it. Oh, he'd be the that, one, like he, he would have, he was the one that would give us the gears, like even in, in that time period, if you just needed to go in and get something somewhere and, and yeah. uh, I'm just going to, you know, get in, slide that mask up, just get in. I just don't feel like a hassle today. Yeah. He's like, dad, what are you doing? Like, I thought we weren't going to wear a mask. <laughs> so <laughs> the end of it, it's like, well, let's see how, you know, it was becoming more yeah. of a game. It's like, let's how far, see how far we get today. Yeah. You know. I ran into a guy I used to work with, and he was sitting in his truck, getting his truck, his uh, groceries delivered into his truck early days. And I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? I reach my hand in to give him a handshake, and he cowers. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, you are, you are, you have, you have uh, definitely drank the Kool-Aid, like, very. He flinched from a handshake? He flinched. He like, <laughs> like, you can wash your hand, dude. <laughs> I've got friends that are, like, they're, they're, like, they went way over to the very self-reliant like and more and more so like they'd, yeah. be, they'd be preppers almost yeah but uh went to visit a younger like his wife's sister in edmonton and he says and i he says we showed up and i had to pee so freaking bad he's like we show up there and i just need to get in and use the bathroom and she he said they opened the door a crack and uh, like they're masked or double masked <coughs> or whatever and the hallways are plasticed off. Like they let them come in, no. but everything. No, <laughs> he said you would not like you. Th- you would have thought like there was a nuclear incident. The way that was being treated, he's like, it's like a whole so hazmat cra- containment yeah. area. 
Like, just crazy. <sighs> for the lengths people went to. That one I've never heard. Yeah, like that's that's the <laughs> plastic pro- off the, your own house. That's the appropriate way to deal with asbestos abatement, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's just still like, and, and I do want to have grace in it because I know there's people with legit. Oh yeah, oh, there are the, of issues, course, right? Of course, wear your mask people. if you got an issue. But but people I've seen just like they're in the public eye, and and I know them to be healthy, and yet yeah. they're still wearing a mask. I'm like, how long do you want to keep living in fear? Are you going to do this for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. I think that becomes your security almost. Like, yeah, that's their like security honestly, blanket. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> my wife didn't, like there were some aspects of the mask she didn't mind because um, having born and raised in Fort St. John, being from a Mennonite background, all kinds of relatives that she barely knows. And she's from <laughs> so a Mennonite she background could, too. She could go in incognito mode. It did. Absolutely. <laughs> she could go into Safeway and she wouldn't have people recognize her who she didn't know. Who <laughs> yeah. So you like that aspect of it. I, I, that is something I wish I would have embraced more because I'm not a, what they call a good looking feller. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I could, I, I could be a, I could be a good solid eight. I'm like I, I got the. <laughs> corroborate that. You do nothing for me, man. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, <laughs> no, like what, nor, normally a six, but a mask eight. Oh yeah, I'm a mask right, eight. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think I'd have to go the other way because all the wrinkles are up above the nose. So I have to be <laughs> like the yeah, you have Antonio to go Ninja Banderas Turtle. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Turtle. You Do go. the Ninja Turtle and you're good. <laughs> yeah. But I also got, yeah, I got the choice as a 14 or 15 year old. My, my parents, this is the craziest thing. My wife laughs at this. She's, they, they give me the choice between braces and a dirt bike. <coughs> Yeah. I've still got crooked teeth. Yeah. No, any it's like any kid worth his salt is going to pick the <laughs> My motorbike. My sister chose the, the braces. She's got nice teeth, but yeah. I've got a dirt bike. Yeah. I'm like, that's, yeah, guys that's... don't Guys don't need straight teeth. We just got to be funny. Like, you can you can fucking get away. <laughs> but you think about it now as a parent, you're like, what an odd choice to present to your child. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That's, no, ki- uh, no kidding. I'd be like, all right, kids, we're doing braces. <laughs> Well, I think they sort of, like, they, they spent a bunch of money on my sister's teeth, and then they sort of felt, well, this is unfair. And yeah, maybe he doesn't care. I don't know. Maybe my teeth weren't quite as bad, but they're like, we'll buy you a dirt bike. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> I've loved dirt bikes ever since. <laughs> That's all. Uh, like, I wonder if you, like, look at your kid. I didn't you, have. Like, <laughs> you just, like, do the math. You're like, are you good looking enough to be a model, or did we just let you have fun? <laughs> like, even if we straighten your <laughs> like, teeth, we're not doing you any like, favors. They're doing the they're doing the math, the calculus. Maybe, maybe yeah. they were maybe, just maybe like they that. just like, looked and they're like, he doesn't. Like, he's is this, like, he is can this really use gonna, them, But it's gonna make a big enough difference. Well, gonna but be we got a spend. truck driver or a logger or something. He doesn't need. <laughs> there, there is some people where you're like, you know what? Is is the braces really gonna do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is and, is that gonna be the thing that lands you a wife? Oh, I think I think you need to lean on your personality, bud. You can always smile with your <laughs> with your lips together, you know? Like, smile yeah, with I your eyes. It, smile do, with your I eyes. I do it all the time. People are like, why don't oh, you smile in pictures? I'm like, because I got the grill of a a, a hillbilly <laughs> meth head. <laughs> 51 Ford, right? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to try and be funny. And That's it works hilarious. pretty good. Like, my oh. wife is beautiful and kind and all this <laughs> thing. And I'm like, man, you can you can get quite far by being funny. <laughs> and how. <laughs> and how. <laughs> Which is uh, very blessed for me. Uh, yeah. I'm a, lucky, awesome. I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, it would have done me a favor. It really would have. And I'm like, nope. Nope. Not doing it out of principle. That's quite the rabbit trail. I don't know where we were before we started down this path. Uh, <laughs> oh, masks. Man. Yeah. Just talking okay. about masks. The kids. Stuff. How they affect the yeah. kids and the cycle. <laughs> and they, they, they actually say that they have lost years of learning. 
like because of facial recognition and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they are not able to. They, there's a lot of um, speech impediments and stuff like that. And man, masks have fucked up this whole world. And some people, they stand by them like it's their ticket to heaven. Like we're already in a society now where kids are struggling with social cues, right? Like kids yeah. don't yeah. really, like they have a hard time, it seems like, with face-to-face interaction, you know, because of everybody's got their freaking phones in their pockets in their hands. Like you'll see, you'll see teenagers side by side having a conversation on their phone. Like they're not even talking to each other. <laughs> they're, they're just doing yeah. this. And I'm like. I'll take one of those here. And that definitely did not help. Like, you water? Uh, no, I would have water. There's water in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's at least there's at least sixty percent water in that. I tell that to my wife. She's like, she's like, did you have water? I'm like, I had a cup of coffee. And she's like, does it count? I'm like, yes, it does. Fifty percent. I looked it up. I use that same <laughs> argument. It doesn't get me very far either. No, I had I, I looked up oh. science. I'm like, I gotta Google something else because like I can oh, say it. Oh, foolish, Michael, trying to use science to convince a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, why. I don't know uh, what you're thinking. I should. I should. I should go to uh, emotional. It's like I feel like there's water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I feel hydrated. Mm. Oh. Uh, so yeah. we actually didn't even land in Ottawa yet. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we, we, okay, you've gotten to Winnipeg, um, Ontario. <clears throat> what kind of response did you have in Ontario? Because. Uh, Winnipeg is about, uh, I want to say an hour and a half from the Ontario border. And then you're hitting no man's land for a long portion. That was the, I don't know how you want to put it. That was the, the dark horse, right? Like you just didn't know, like you, you have your preconceptions. You, that's where we're going. Actually, Google lied to me to start with, cause I Googled <coughs> how far, and I've done the trip as a, I don't even want to say, say how many years ago that was, but in my early, early twenties made the trip from outskirts of Toronto to Abbotsford with a buddy. Oh yeah. But that's different. So we've done, we've done the trip. <laughs> yeah. We did it in an S10. Yeah. In a pickup in an S10 that burned more oil than gas and it had a Volkswagen <laughs> dune buggy body strapped to the top of it. So it was like a giant land sale. That's and awesome. And it took us 50 hours straight driving, like 49 hours, I think, like straight through. So it gives you an idea how long this trip oh, takes. Yeah. And I'd sort of forgotten a little bit. <laughs> Anyway, I Google it and Fort St. John to Ottawa, 3,200 kilometers. Yeah. You know that to be untrue, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, we get to the Ontario border and we've done 2,000 or 2,200 and it's still 2,000 kilometers. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. You're this halfway makes there when yeah. you get to Ottawa, I know. to Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, that was the, you know. In the, January. The question. That was the question. What's Ontario going to be like? Yeah. Um. So if you remember, I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary or... or Actually, I haven't had a chance to see it. Huh. I want to. Have I got a deal for you? <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my console in my truck. Oh, nice. Uh, anyway, there was uh, a group of, of Hutterite colonies. It was more than just one mm-hmm. that had wanted to feed us in, in Winnipeg. They, they, uh, they had a spot planned out. I don't know if there was an, an actual... like It seemed like we always stopped at Flying J truck stops. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's as a, one does, yeah, as one does, <laughs> uh, there's one in Headingley that's right. Just, I think on the West side of Winni- Winnipeg kind of, mm-hmm. so we get there and of course everybody had their theories, but we get there and the cops won't let us <clears> turn <throat> in there. They were set up to feed us and it was, I think it was like four o'clock or five o'clock. They were all set up to feed us. They had semi trailers full of food. Oh, wow. Like they were set up and they wouldn't let us turn in there. So everybody's like, oh, freaking cops. Like they're not, 
Yeah. You drive by it and I could literally see why. Like there was such a crush of people, like so many people, we would have run somebody over. Somebody would have got hurt. It was just not safe to do it. Yeah. And so now, now what? Like apparently for a bit, they tried, they tried feeding people on the side of the highway and they, I think they said they fed a thousand people or whatever. And it just wasn't going to work. And so they, like thinking on their feet, they decided to like just pack everything up and travel down with us to Kenora and feed us in Kenora. So Kenora is, I don't even, I forget how far across the border. It's about a three hour drive, I believe, from maybe a little more yep. from Winnipeg. Yep. It ended up being 10 o'clock at night before we were set up in Kenora and they fed us at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> yeah. at minus 25 in Kenora yeah. with that same food putting together, like unloading everything again. And then they still had to pack up and go back home. Yeah. And it was just such an interesting take. Like, like so Ben uh, Hobb that did the documentary, yeah. he uh, he used his persuasive skills and talked to one of the leaders of the, uh, this family from the Hutterite groups into being on camera, which is a bit of a feat in itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the guy says he like, and it was it, it's it's a it really stuck out to me. Like he recognized he's like we would have never seen what this was about if we would have just fed them in Winnipeg and gone back home. We wouldn't have seen the convoy. We wouldn't have seen what this was. He's like he found himself just thankful that it worked out the way it did because he said we got a glimpse wow. of of what it actually was. Yeah. So, which is really cool. Like, and, but just for them to be so willing, like, th- like they just, like, it was like three, I think it was three reefers, like three, con- like, I don't know if they were 53 <coughs> foot vans, but reefer vans. Yeah. That they, they, and it was such good food. Like they had cauldrons of soup and farmer sausage and uh, like they fed, <laughs> they fed so us really, really, really well. good farm food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But getting back to Ontario, um, yeah, we didn't know what it was going to be. So it was getting toward, like, it would have been after supper that we kind of hit the Ontario border. And then you start hitting the shield and it's all rocky and twisty and windy yep. and and more single lane road. And that whole trip ever since, really, it was frigid Regina on. Like, yep. it was cold. It wasn't warm when we left Fort St. John and then it just got colder and colder. So by the time we hit Winnipeg, it was minus 25-ish at least, um, and it just seemed to never warm up. Um, so w- going, like, getting back to Winnipeg just a little bit, there's a, the truck route would take you about 45 minutes to get through there. We spent, I think, almost four hours getting through Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. In just the lowest gear my truck had for the good part of that time, because there was literally, like, just people just right into, like, on the side, like, just more people than you've, you knew were in Winnipeg. Yeah. Anywhere that a vehicle could be parked, they were parked. Like, like we, w- we were four or five miles out of Winnipeg, and there's still vehicles parked on the sides. Wow. And people, like, literally walking up and down between rows of trucks. Like, if you had two lanes going your way or whatever, they're walking between rows, tossing bag lunches into your window or just walking a, around. Just with to get a, a glimpse of the spectacle yeah. of what was happening. Walking around with a tray of Tim's, <coughs> like, passing out Tim's. And yeah. it's, like, it's, it's makes it so Canadian that it was so cold and people were still doing it. Yeah. Right? Like it just, and on all these overpasses, like I've said to people, I'm like, I would give anything to see one of those overpasses again with like just a crush of people over top. And as you're driving under it, you know, there's all these flags up above you and people with their homemade signs. And like, there's literally like 500 people on an overpass, right? Yeah. It's just such an overwhelming feeling to know that they're over there just cheering you on like this convoy that's passing through. Yeah. 
um, I'd love to see one again. <laughs> <laughs> but but the re- the reason to see it is yeah. the, like the the last thing you want to happen in this country. Shoot off, yeah. And that's that. that's the 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 trade off, right? So then yeah, then we get into Ontario, and now we're back to uh, <coughs> like a two way highway, yeah. right? And it's no a twisty windy. Yeah. So now you're going through small towns. You're not no no more big towns. Yeah. But you got into a lot. It seemed like a lot of Ontario we drove at night. I mean, I'm sure it was. It was it's well worth it. <laughs> it's it's not worth. <laughs> but it was it was really cool. Like it was just every small town there there'd be a snowmobile club sitting out, you know, twenty sleds alongside some road somewhere, and they're all over there, yeah, or ripping down the side of the highway with a sled tied to the back of, or a flag tied to the back of their sled, or mm-hmm. you know, or unique stuff like you go past a rock quarry somewhere and there's two loaders with their booms sticking up in the air with a flag tied between them or yeah like just people finding different ways to show support yeah but it seemed like especially if you traveled at night or into the evening like we never did an all-nighter into the evening like like they just knew how to make it work and so there was bonfires like people were just having bonfires tailgate parties waiting for this convoy to come through and everywhere we went like I don't know if you guys have ever traveled in a convoy, but you're always late. <laughs> Nothing. Like, <laughs> it's just a slow way to travel. Yeah. So these people were just waiting for us to come through, and so they were making the best of it. Yeah. And it was so cool. Like Ontario was a lot of fun, really. Like yeah. just ev- around every corner, you know, it seemed like every driveway, every intersection, every little town had something like little pockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty people here, fifty there, another hundred over in that little town, ten yep. people over here. You know shooting off fireworks having bonfires yeah just just something to show their support yeah, in some was, way it wasn't it wasn't wasn't what we'd expect yeah it kind of cuts against that west first east sentiment that sometimes we have absolutely so. yeah <coughs> I, I i recognize the um the tribal nature of the west versus east a lot because i'm I lived in both parts of it. I've mm-hmm. seen it, and I see the attitude that we give towards Quebec and towards Ontario. And heck, I have it sometimes because looking back, I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. They do look down at Western Canada. Heck, when I moved here, I looked down at Western Canada. <laughs> I'm like, oh, these uncultured swine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a buddy that came, that caught up to us before we got to Ottawa, and he lost his job up north of town here because of the mandates and uh, the oil company that he's working for <coughs> had their deadline and he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't uh he he was one of the few that that didn't follow suit so he lost a good job yeah so then he yeah he caught up to us and he's as redneck as they come like just redneck you yeah. know and he's when he left ottawa he's like man i have a brand new appreciation for people from quebec yeah he's like if you're gonna have a protest you want people from quebec there yeah they're passionate. They know how to make noise. Yeah. You know, like they're... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I have said it a million times. The Quebec people are a conservative people. They are. But yeah. they want to conserve Quebec. Yeah. And that's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, they're a bunch of separatists, separatists, separatists. It's like, no, they're conservative. What they want to conserve is their culture. Yeah. And everyone... Yeah, there's this very... Like I, we said, tribal. Yeah. And yeah, Quebec... I have a big heart for them. Love them to death. Like, I, I've almost been beaten up for speaking the wrong language in the wrong part of town. And, and again, not my fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> I have been beaten up for talking too much. But, yeah, being in the wrong part of town and my buddy who spoke perfect French, and he's like, no, no, they're cool. He's cool. He's cool. Everyone, everyone relax. And I had no idea. <laughs> but, yeah. So, 
yeah, Quebec is. That was the biggest thing. Like I just all these these so many people that said, "Man, I wish I would have gone." I'm like, "Man, I wish you could have been there too," because it was such a feeling of the best Canada has to offer. Like mm-hmm. like that right like right back to that feeling where provincial lines don't matter. Mm-hmm. Your background doesn't matter. Your income doesn't matter. Your your religious affiliation doesn't matter. Like mm. it's just we're Canadians mm-hmm. and we love each other. You know, like like there was such a neighborly patriotic feeling that that's what's led a lot of people to try and recreate it because it's it was lost for like it was lost for a few years where we were so divided mm-hmm. and we got to be careful not to fall back into that like we got to hang on to that i just recently on facebook somebody was tying into me there um i don't know if you know the name tamara leach oh yep. yeah oh yeah anyway her parents were passing through town they'd piloted a load up to alaska or whatever they were passing back through. No, they'd gotten their vehicle. They had managed to get their vehicle to Fort St. John with a bad motor. Mm-hmm. And they just needed some help home with it. And so Tamara reached out to me because she knew, knows I'm from here. And what do you know? You're a trucker. You kind of know how to, you either knew, know how to move stuff around or you know people who do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm the right person to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody reached out or caught onto it on Facebook and they're just hacking on us for, well, why doesn't her daughter help them? Like, what's with her daughter? Like, didn't she run off with millions of dollars? And you know, oh, I saw, oh. I saw some of that. It's like somebody had made a comment, but like, um, you know, why don't they use some of that millions they grifted exactly, from Canadian yeah, people? Exactly. Very, and I'm like, you know, very ignorant sort of comments. It's as simple as like, like I counted it a privilege to be able to help these guys figure yeah. out how to get their vehicle back. It's just a neighborly thing to do, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I got to know them a little bit better. It was just, honestly, like it wasn't a hardship. It was... And maybe they didn't understand, and I tried to clear it up. I'm like, they paid for their way, their truck to get back home. It's not even like they got a free ride. We were just coordinating it for them. Yeah. But it was a neighborly thing to do. Like, like why? Oh, it just drives me nuts. Like, it's it's that desire for your the people you ideologically oppose to be evil or mo- uh, they 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 I just so. want this. They like, I want them to be worse than they are. Right. Uh, there's this idea of out. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, there's a guy who killed Jesus or Herod. Don't uh, uh, there's this idea of out Heroding Herod, where you're making <laughs> him to be far more evil than even the Bible portrayed him as, and so we do that to people we ideologically oppose. We're like, oh, they not only do they they hate the family, they also want to kill babies. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and it's like, no, we just disagree in some areas, and we we see things differently, and yeah. We've gotten pretty bad at disagreeing on stuff, I think, eh? Much worse. Not yes. not here not here on the Blue Collar Philosophers oh, podcast. Okay. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Just as a societal norm though, yes, it's yes. it's you know, it's much easier to to get something in your craw and have to feel that you have to say something about it. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, even if it's not your place or with anybody you even know. Yeah. But also with no restraints, right? <clears throat> because a lot of our sparring is done in the safety of our living or like in our basement mm-hmm. with oh, our keyboard or whatever. And it's, oh, and it's, and it's funny because it's not like a, it's not like a fear of threat, you know, because in all honesty, like when you're talking with somebody and you disagree with them, like how often do you get into a fist fight? Like that, that, that doesn't happen. Like you, you don't, you don't withhold your keyboard vitriol because you don't want to get into a fight. You withhold your keyboard vitriol because the person you're not looking at a human being. Like when you're face to face with somebody, like, yes, right. I mean, they could sneak out and swat you off the head, you know, but 
you're looking at somebody and seeing them as a person and then you're you're adjusting your behavior as such mm-hmm. like online it's you're everybody is dehumanized mm-hmm. and that's and a good point yeah another aspect of it is the fact that we uh, as people as a society are horrible at commu- we're we're very bad at communicating we are yeah i i want to communicate my ideas and i'm already bad at it doing it one on one on one well i don't know i'm not bad at it one on one but text wise it's nearly impossible because we're not good at writing and we're not good at reading because I might write something one way and you read exactly what I wrote and interpret it a completely different way. Have either of you ever made the mistake of having a good old fight with your wife over text? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. Or it wasn't intended to be a fight, but it turned into one because cause tone I've, isn't there, right? Like, no, that's exactly it. I've never had to, to deal with that all the way to the end. I think uh, there, there's been a time where we've been like, I'm just going to call yeah. Well, I yeah. yeah, I definitely had one, and it wasn't even that long ago. Where yeah, man, I put something out there and kind of put myself out there a little bit. I thought, and then my wife took it a completely different way than yeah. I intended it to. And so now you just sit and stew on it. Like she writes a response, oh, yeah. and I was at work, and she was at home or whatever. Yeah. And so now I just stewed on it for half a day. Like while the rest of the mm-hmm. time I was at work, where you would have just sorted it out if you're face to face. Like you would have yeah. explained yourself. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, that went wrong. Like yeah. really, really wrong. Yeah. But it's it's along the same lines. I think there is some of that fear of threat though, because some of the things that I've seen people say to other groups of people or about other people 20, 30 years ago, somebody would have got punched. Oh yeah. Right? Like there's a little bit of that. Yeah. But people, people have but been punched. That's a the good face. point. Like that dehumanizing aspect of it. Like, yeah, you're just typing the words and you're, and maybe you're not even saying it, maybe they're seeing it different than what you intended to because you're missing tone, you're missing. Yeah. And we're not, we're not good at writing. We're not. Yeah. We are horrible at writing things. We're, gr- grammar matters and we're really bad at it. All caps locks. <laughs> All caps locks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> no, I do agree with that though. Like that you were mentioning, Michael, that um, we're not good at communicating. And I'm like, man, that's really been hitting me. Like I think we're getting worse and worse at it all the time. Mm-hmm. Seems like. And the, and the debate. Like we're getting so bad at the debate. Like the good old barroom debate. Nobody does that anymore, hardly. Like, the second you have a disagreement, out comes your phone and everybody's Googling what or whatever. Like, yeah. let the phone settle it. Yeah. Or social media. Like, social media has a part to play in it, too, because... You, oh. That, not, and, like, it starts... Like, the <laughs> algorithms start <laughs> just... You're only seeing what's reinforcing what you already see and believe. Yeah. So you start to think, well, that's... You don't even see the other viewpoint anymore. Yeah, you you put yourself in an echo chamber, or yeah. and then there's the other side of things where you engage more with things that you disagree with. So you'll have part of your echo chamber affirming everything that you say, and then another part of it feeding you garbage that they know that you're going to engage with. It's like, oh, he disagrees with this. Oh, I, I don't care if he disagrees. I don't care what it is. If he's engaging with it, we're going to feed him that. Okay. And so that's one of the biggest problems with the algorithm. I was talking about oh, yeah, the outrage part of it. The outrage part of it is it's going to feed you whatever you engage with. Right. So if you so engage, if you, if you see positive stuff, or negative, yeah. they don't care. If you engage yeah, with so it. So if you engage with stuff online that makes you angry, like, you, I got to see what this is all about. Oh, that seems me up. <laughs> it's going to keep feeding you that thing. And so you progressively are going to start feeling more and more anxious and angry every time you look at your phone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I learned a little bit about algorithms, and it's one of the reasons I just hate social media. <laughs> and we're so bad at it here. Yeah. <laughs> I had gotten right, like, so close to the point, and I had right scaled back. 
from social media and really I haven't really gotten into too many forums mostly Facebook but then when I went to Ottawa I needed something I needed yeah. a platform of some kind for yeah. people to see what's going on and they need and to see so, firsthand that's yeah. a big part and, of it then. and that was like like without without social media like we we would have lost that whole battle like a, like everybody would have been forced to either see it for themselves or believe what legacy media is putting out yeah you yeah know, that's, if, that's and the legacy oh, oh they like did the they did such a hit job on y'all yeah. It was brutal. My now, wife said this early on, like we weren't even in Ottawa yet. She's like, this is going to become, um, <laughs> now I'm missing the word. Like it's going to become a, frick, what can I think of this word now? I do it all the time. <laughs> the, uh, like the. <laughs> catalyst, like an inflection not, point. Not uh, catalyst. I guess the hand motions would tell you catalyst. Um. Like when people are trying to portray something a certain way, like a uh, narrative, almost like a na- propaganda. Uh, propaganda. This oh, is going to okay, become yep. yeah. It's going to become a propaganda war. This yes. is totally okay. going to be propaganda driven. You know, like it's going to be certain sides trying to push a certain narrative. Yeah. And she saw that right off the bat. My wife's very perceptive. Like I, I've told her, I'm like, if there, and, and we know there's a gift of discernment she has it like yeah. she can and maybe that's why she's married to a truck driver she can see through the bullshit that's <laughs> 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 the way i like to look at it but yeah but it absolutely was and that you know and and you, you mentioned like 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 the liber- or the legacy media like they they had did such a hit number on us when we're sitting in ottawa waiting for our equipment to come out of com- out of impound yeah that was kind of the thing that hit me like a ton of bricks i'm like None of this would have been possible without such a corrupt media. Yep. You know, without them peddling this crap. Yeah. And so many, and doing such a, dec- a good job of it, I guess, that there's still so many people that believe it. Mm-hmm. That, which still blows me away. Like, I just don't get how, how yeah. so many, and, and the groups of people that do, or the people, the random people that still buy into it is just, it's so random, yeah. you know? Like, you'll, you'll run across the most, I don't know, people I've worked for, like the most down-to-earth pioneer type people, like people that ranch two hours north of town and have built a life for themselves using nothing other than a lever-action rifle and a couple of horses and a spade, you Mm -hmm. know, like just pioneers, people that broke land, people that were scared of nothing, people that like just forged their way. You'd think these are independent thinking people. Okay. And yet, it's just been a way of life, right? Like either because that's all they could get out there or there was a time where CBC had real news on it. Mm. Where they were reliable. So, so CBC still had a certain amount of credibility yeah, to it. Yeah, and it was, just, it was just a way of life. Like, so, like, like mm-hmm. it's not an isolated rancher. It's, yeah. it's quite a few. And, and they'd be people that are my parents' age, like, like people another 20 years older than myself, which is getting up there. Um, and they're the ones that are still buying it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess I remember when, when I lived in the r- rural area around here, like up in Rose Prairie in the Montney area, before we got something like satellite, mm-hmm. we, you know, we had the rabbit ears sort of thing, right? Yep. And that meant you got CJDC, yep. which was our like local TV station. You got uh, PBS and you got CBC. Like those were the three guarantee channels you could tune into with rabbit ears. Sometimes you get more, sometimes less. So between, you know, America, which you got through the public broadcasting, you know, uh, system and, you know, CJDC just had local news on it and CBC like that. Those, those were the only 
access you had to the outside world. So like it did actually carry a weight. It took me a long time to become disenfranchised with with. But I CBC. think there was like when you were a kid, even like I think there was more integrity there. I don't know. Maybe in Canada. It's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's, it, it is hard to tell because you got to look at what happened at the newspapers when it came to the Cuba crisis and all that. Uh, one of the biggest wars ever started between America and Cuba was started because of a newspaper company. Like media has been used for a long time to start wars, to to push a narrative that may not even be true. Uh, and, and we just believe I mean, it because gonna... we trust we trust our institutions. We trust that somebody at the head, if it was wrong, they would do something about it, and, and we, we can trust them. It'll be fine. And we're learning more and more that none of that is true, that, that they'll, they'll tell you something if, one, it doesn't matter, or, two, that's what they want you to know. They're not doing groundbreaking things anymore unless it feeds to their narrative of what they want to tell you. And when you're funded by the government, well, what are they going to tell you? What, their gov- what the government will allow them and want them to say. Which that sort of leads t- into what a little bit of where I've landed. Like I've tried to reconcile why there are so many people that, why, why it was so divisive. Like why the last mm-hmm. few years, like why is it such a huge deal if you and I want to stand up for freedom mm-hmm. to somebody that doesn't agree with our viewpoint? Like why, yeah. why would you need to hate on me for that? Yeah. If we hold a different viewpoint there. But I think, like, by standing up against the government and standing up against some of this stuff, I don't know. It, it's almost like you're calling into question everything that they've held dear. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're almost disenfranchising them, right? Mm-hmm. And saying, and maybe that's why the older set, like, so let's, let's say, let's just go with retired and, past, and beyond, why they have... Uh, seems almost like a harder time buying into this because they want to believe that they're still good in people. They mm-hmm. don't want to believe that there could be that level of corruption. Well, the institution set them up, right? Yeah. It did. It, 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 you, it was some, the institution felt like something you could have faith in. And, you know, maybe to a degree you could have more in the Canadian institution maybe 50 years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. At, at least in matters of day-to-day, yeah. day-to-day life. Yeah. I mean, like... I mean, let's just be honest. Like, shit's gone crazy, man. <laughs> oh, it has. It has. <laughs> and now we're at a point where, and, and I mean, it's it's interesting having just, ha- having been one of the guys from Fort St. John that went to Ottawa, like, I've just become a magnet for the tinfoil hat wearing. Mm. Oh, isn't that the worst? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you go to some of these, free- I've been to a couple Freedom Convoys, and then talking to them, I'm like, oh, you're the crazy oh, person yeah, yeah. that like, media would love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like, like now that that big moment has passed and things have more or less gone to normal, a lot of the normal people have kind of gone back to normal life. Yeah. But it's the leftover diehards that are still like, no, we didn't go far enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> the ones that are still hitting that stuff up. And I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of them, you know, like, yeah, we're not done. Like there's still, yeah. but, but we're, we're past gonna, the point of crisis. Like now we're back to kind of like normal. Now we figure out what do we do about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, know, nor- real normal political way. discourse. But is, now, yeah. now we can actually start, I, I've said this for a long time. These people who put in mandates and rules and are giving fines that nobody should have to pay all that bullshit. Okay, now you need to start paying for your decisions. You tried to put this on people, destroyed businesses. You need to pay for your decisions now. 
And this is the litigation, the actual looking at the law and starting to get lawyers, trying to get the law against the people that were trying to make it. It's like, I'm sorry, but the law says this and you broke it in this way. No, I, I time to time to pay up. Time to do what you 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 broke this law. Sorry, who are you talking to? Leadership. The government. government. The government okay. who broke the law is saying this is this is what you have to do or we'll fine you. It's like that that fine is not based on any law. You're just making it up and saying, Oh, you have to. It's like but it's against the law. I'm I'm allowed to. Like travel. In the Bill of in the Bill the Canadian Bill of Rights, we have the right to travel. They were making it so people weren't allowed to travel. Yeah. So any the freedom any, of association. Any, any fine you fine you get for being in the wrong zone yeah. should Freedo- be th- should be thrown out. Freedom of association. Yeah. You go and associate with men. You go to church and you're getting fined for it. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're finding an institution for having a gathering. It, that's an association. You should not. You you cannot do that. And people need to start. They are suing. They are going to court and they are winning. And people are. And you want to know why you're not seeing on the media? Because they don't want you to know that they're winning. They want to keep it quiet. They don't want anyone to know. It's like, wait, I was violated. I can do something about it now. Lucky for me, I wasn't violated. I, I kind of said, fuck all of it. And ignore, <laughs> I kept to myself, <laughs> avoided cops, and just right. did my thing. But No, I just find myself, you know, like talking about being that magnet. I also have to just rein in the skepticism a little bit. Oh, because yeah. I do still firmly believe that there are good people in politics. Mm-hmm. And there are good people on school boards. And that... Not everybody in a position of authority is on the same wavelength. Yeah. They're not all trying to keep us down. They're not all trying to do us harm. There's no. still good people there. And I think I think a big part of what happened over the last few years is that more and more good people are recognizing the need for them to be selves for them to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, like i I really do think that we all of us are responsible for where we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to do adversity. We, I heard that from our pulpit. Our pastor said this one day, and I'm like, you're bang on. Like, we've lived in such a good time, like mm-hmm. like the best of times, really. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe if you go back just a little bit before we all had computers in our pockets yeah. and the associated evils that come with that. But, you know, like a time of, like, we're past the Industrial Revolution where to a time where life is easy, life is good, you have time and energy and money and whatever to do I mean not all of us I, I recognize yeah, yeah. that but we live in such a good time we're so comfortable and so complacent yeah. we, got, we got so complacent so that the noisy minorities started running our country right and there's so many of us that, that feel very similarly about how this country needs to and, and that was a really interesting part of being in some of these meetings in Ottawa like You'd see guys that look like Devin, like they look like a hardcore trucker, like probably, you know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. He, he looks rough around If you can edges. see Devin, he's got a big old beard. He's full biker, has the <laughs> biker vibe, right? When you get past oil fields, like BC and Alberta, every trucker looks like that. Yeah. Like they all have big old beards. They're burly. Like you, you don't want to mess with them kind of look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, whether these men knew God or not, without almost without fail, you would hear them echo that this country needs to get back to a place of principles and a place of morality. Mm -hmm. And the majority of us believe that. I I really think that. And yet, because we've been so quiet and so busy and so distracted, I don't know what you want to put on all that, so complacent, Mm -hmm. our, 
you know, like these special interest groups who I'm not saying cancel them. I'm saying they have a place, but they shouldn't get to decide policies and get to decide how our schools are run. And they shouldn't get to decide how how our country is run when they're a special interest group. Yeah, Yeah, you have your rights. Yeah, we're not going to treat you unkindly. But you don't get to decide for the rest of us how everything runs. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's... We've just gotten too complacent, and so we are all guilty for where we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that. You, you stack a few things on top of each other, and, and maybe Devin, can, his background, can understand a little more than you, Michael, but you start off with being a Canadian, so we're known as a polite society, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we're known worldwide <coughs> for being super polite. Sorry, eh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then, uh, you know, then if you, you throw on top of that... Uh, you know, being a Christian, you're just supposed to love your neighbor. Yep. You Don't know. tell us you'd have done it to you. Yep. And then you have Mennonite heritage where got we're... Got the pacifism. Pacifism, <laughs> sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. We, we get all that. We and forgive. Then, and then we're yeah. men who live in a society with where we're getting blamed for toxic masculinity and all this stuff. And you just, you need to accept and love and yep. be soft and kind and... You stack all those things on top of each other, and you've just got somebody who doesn't even know how to say no anymore and doesn't yeah. know how to stand up. Yeah. Like, the cards are stacked against us, but this world desperately needs not just men, just needs people who are willing to stand for what they believe in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Desperately needs that. Our kids desperately need that. Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I, never, I never knew the Mennonite plight. I'm very... Uh, yeah, the, the the background that comes along with that is very interesting because of uh, where the Mennonites come from, right? Mm-hmm. From Germany, people running from, not running from, uh, evading, uh, draft dodge, I don't know, whatever it takes to call it. So they were like, they were ideologically opposed to war. Mm-hmm. They're pacifists. We're not going to fight. So it's, it's not cowardice. It, it, is, it is something to say, I do not fight for a country that is not, or I don't fight in this way. This is not how we conduct ourselves as a religion. It goes against our conscientious objectors. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know that. Well, simultaneously, I got the draft dodgers in my family. So, But that's so, the thing. It wasn't draft dodging. It was I know. being like, okay, if, if we have to go, then we're only going to be medical. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it's it's not a, it's not a like, running away from from danger out of fear. No, 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 yeah. No, I'm, and I wasn't trying to push that, but at the same time, it always sounds like it. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not running away uh, from danger out of fear. It's saying no matter what, we will not wield, we will not wield a weapon against a fellow man mm-hmm. in malice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in any way. Yeah. Like, even to the point where if you were, like, ideally quote unquote if you were to if you were to try and, and you know like you know murder my family like that would be like we would sit and take it as martyrdom oh yeah <clears throat> right like it would be like it it's a a shoving down <laughs> of yeah. of the natural the, man of the no. passion well it's not an, of natural man but it's like a we're doing this as a sacrifice of our passion. Natural man's inclination is to fight back. Right. Yeah. That it, and that would be the, the passion coming out from coming out, and then yeah. So rather than that, we would take the martyr's way. Yeah. Even okay. though, even though you may think it of as cowardice, we think of it as a war against our own flesh because it takes <laughs> everything within you not to do the thing that your instinct is telling you to do. Yeah. I mean, hmm. that, that's the ideal. Uh, that's How, the idea. However. however, in time, it did turn into a bit of a cop-out. 
<laughs> if I'm going to be honest, yeah. right? Because people are like, oh, no, we're pacifists. We're not going to go do that. Yeah. You know, but meanwhile, they're still getting drunk in the barn and, you know, having fist yeah. fights or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that thing goes on, right? It's like that's not pacifism. But, you know, yeah. so like. You're ideologically opposed, opposed to this one thing, but, you know, I'm, I'm still going to have a good time. <laughs> but, you know, speaking about those groups, like that, that mindset, like that was a really fascinating part to me. First off, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the Hutterite groups that fed us, you know, and I think they must, they must have actually closed schools that day because there were classes, like there were groups of kids. Yeah. That, it looked like whole schools were outside, like out yeah. supporting the convoy. And then when they decided to feed us, I'm like, initially I was like, this is kind of odd. Like they're not usually involved with this sort of thing. Yeah. And then getting to Ottawa and initially we had gotten, we got in and we got parked on, on John, John A. McDonald Parkway. Mm-hmm. And then the, that was on a Saturday. On a Sunday, we moved to, to the spot where I ended up sitting for a while. Fairly random, just a group of guys, like half a dozen or seven trucks that, that mm-hmm. moved to that spot. And we get parked and we start getting to know each other. And half of them were Mennonites, <laughs> okay. which I found absolutely fascinating. Yeah. You know, just because like, yeah, this isn't a conflict as such. Like I feel kind of a little bit guilty even calling it a conflict, but it is a conflict. Yeah. Like it's, it's a... It's not not a spot you normally find Mennonites necessarily. Like, like we we have made a real like pattern of withdrawing a little bit from society. Right? We'll have our farming communities outside of a city. You know, like we'll be an yeah. hour removed from wherever. Or yeah, we'll see know, you at because, Walmart, well, well, but you're <laughs> not we're not going to see your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like we 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 withdraw from society enough to be able to have our own way of life. Yeah, and and yet <clears> here they were, and I think it really spoke to how bad things had gotten. You know, it had just gotten to that point where people that you don't normally see involved in this kind of thing yeah. were. Like it was just, it had, was, it had come to that point where and that's, that's, that's to stand a up. That's a huge thing. That's something that I noticed a long time ago was the fact that it takes a lot to get conservatives to, to protest. Like, um, how do, what do you call it? Drag show story hour. That, that's one. That, that's <laughs> something. with Like it has to really, and then freedoms. Like yeah. you, you butt in on freedoms. Long, that's the thing. It's not even right but away. But not, not no. even, not even a little bit. Like it takes a, it, a it lot. Took, it took two years mm. for any substantial movement to happen. Yes, it, 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 more like so of, in Canada. Yeah, like in America, they'll, they'll. I know that they protest. I don't know. Everyone's protesting all the time. I'm surprised anything ever gets done there. But in Canada, conservatives, we don't. When was the last time you saw a conservative protest? Yeah, exactly. Honestly. Before that, you know, it may I be, can't be, think of one. It may be, be like maybe a picket line here or there or something yeah. like that. Like if, if something egregious was happening at a school or various things, but really like nothing of substance. Yeah. And now when it comes to the other end of the aisle, I hate to say, uh, yeah, buts and all that. And <laughs> on the other side of the aisle, uh, when the last time you saw a liberal uh, protest all the time. So yeah. any anytime yeah. somebody dies, anytime somebody uh, feels like they are being wronged or whatever, it's like oh they protest all like the squeaky wheel. That's how they do. That's how they get things done, and it, it it does change things. It does. It makes a difference. But if conservatives do it, it's it takes yeah, quite pro- a bit to get them there. Protest works. It does I work. Mean, it 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 actually does. Yeah. You know, I was listening to a, a podcast oh, yeah. today in, prepar- in preparation for for this conversation, just just to try and put my my mindset in kind of the other place. And so I was listening to a podcast called, like, It Can Happen Here, which 
is is a it's a liberal it's a liberal guy who was going th- going over the whole the whole convoy thing and i was just i was flabbergasted at the pot kettling calling the kettle blackism <laughs> that was going on in this thing right you know because like and and these guys are just are, they're literally saying like well yeah i was part of occupy wall street you know we did that here in canada and you know all the stuff is like but this this is you know un- unconscionable <laughs> <laughs> how dare it's like, they? Like, how dare they occupy Ottawa? Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was from a prime minister's lips, right? Like he said, "I can see the value in being a part of something I agree with." You know, and he stated, yep. "Black Lives Matter." Yep. Which I agree with the cause, but the yep. way that was done with the looting and the yeah. violence and like, oh, and, and yet he's identifying with that, and yet he was like, you know, his opinion on on what happened there. Yep. And then also just people getting all offended that there's protests happening in Ottawa. Guess where you live? You yeah. live in the seat of our capital. Yeah. No, there were, there was protests That's there all the, the time. That's the place to protest. Yeah. It's the thing to do. I used to live there. Yeah. Protests happened all the time there. And mm. I had, like I said last week, I had friends literally throw trash cans through windows because there was a protest and opportunity to mess yeah, things up. It's an opportunity, it's an yeah, opportunity like, oh, to go be, you know, to go to, be petty vandal. And, yeah. Right, right. You know, they, with, these were my actual well, I don't know. Not really close friends, just people I knew. Yeah, know, yeah like, disassociate oh. a little bit there if you want. Um, <laughs> good, good cover. Good cover. <laughs> I didn't hang out with. The, that being said, it, it was it was my best friend's brother, so I knew him, and he was in an anarchist band and the all that. The more you talk, the guiltier you. Sound. I know, I know. But at the same time, <laughs> it's that's where you protest. Yeah, you yeah. do it in the big cities. You do it where it's going to matter. Imagine if we had that protest here. It's like, oh, a bunch of trucks parked at Fort St. John. Nobody noticed. Yeah. yeah. No, and nobody would like. Yeah. And it's one of the things where, if you're going to protest, it has to have a certain element of disruption. Like I know we've been talking about like kind of like the sunshine and rainbows aspect of mm-hmm. the freedom convoy, like the joy, the hope, mm-hmm. people coming together, like seeing people from across the across the country that you didn't know you had anything in con- common with, having that like all that's great. However, all of that doesn't actually change things. You need conflict. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys did shut down that city. <laughs> like, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Otherwise, people would have been like, oh, that's cute. Uh, good for you guys, but we're going to carry on as normal. Yeah. Like, how, how did you guys kind of like process the fact that, like, okay, we're here. Like, we know there's good vibes and this is great. However, we like we know that this is actually a huge imposition for the country and for a lot of things, especially when it came to like the blockades and stuff like that that happened further into the into the whole process. Like, how, how did you guys deal with that? There was a lot of effort made, and this some of this was going is going back to um, there was a contingent from Quebec that beat us there. They were there before we were there. Oh wow. And so they weren't officially associated with Freedom Convoy. They also ended up, I guess, causing some issues because of their passion. Like they were, mm-hmm. because we are, are I, I don't know if you want to call they don't like to be called leaders, but they really tried to keep emergency lanes open. Mm-hmm. You know, like early on, a few days in, we did our best to stick with an injunction that was issued regarding blowing horns, right? Like, mm-hmm. So we wouldn't blow horns from eight at night till eight in the morning. Um, and it really quieted down. So we were trying, and, and there was a lot of work done behind the scenes to try and make, like, to try and work with people there. You know, this was a huge thing. Like, everybody, it was new to everybody. It was new to, 
Ontario Police. It was new to Ottawa City Police. It was new, mm-hmm. you know, and so we we're just trying to make the best of it and just a constant adjustment, mm-hmm. right? like like rolling with the punches kind of thing. Um, but you're right, Devin, like it does, you do need to be noticed, right? Like I've had countless people say, why didn't you just leave before the emergency act? Like, why didn't you leave when it was still all good? How many of us would still be talking about it if it would have just been a two-week block party? Yeah. Right? Like, how many Canadians wouldn't have woken up if banks hadn't gotten, like, bank accounts hadn't gotten targeted? Yeah. Like, it, it had to get to the point where you actually got the country to look into the mirror and see what it had become. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of people that got legit scared who weren't really even on board with the whole the whole convoy. But when they're like, really? They can grab our money that easy? Like, they can just decide to freeze our bank accounts? Mm-hmm. That scares people, like, legitimately, and it should. Um, you know, or just institute, like, like, you can just have the reigning party just institute an emergency act. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 I think it just gave people a lot of pause. Yeah. Well, if you look at the last time that an emergency act was put into place in that way, kind of sounds like Germany, but <laughs> unjustifiably is what I mean. Like they put it in a way that was like, oh, this is this is massed in something crazy. Well, it kind of it goes into the exact same language that you were saying in that time, and I don't like bringing it up, but at the same time, I don't know a better place that did it in the same way that is as terrifying. Um yeah. Are we able to talk about a little... Um, Let me uh, give you a little, just a little uh, story that kind of goes with that a little bit. Because the one night, uh, and there was, I don't know where everybody was. Um, it seemed like, like it was later at night. I was just thinking about settling down in my truck for the night. And there's this fella, I was talking to my sister on the phone, actually. But there's this guy that just didn't quite fit the mold if you want to put it that way just kind of doing circles around my truck and trailer or walking in and around our trucks and trailers and I'm like I'm gonna go see what this guy's about and so I jump out and I go and talk to this guy and he lived in a in a high rise looking down kind of on our location and he's like I he and he was clearly quite agitated and I start talking to him he's like I don't like he's like I I sort of agree with why you're here I I get it I get it but I just don't know why you have to do it this way He's like, I'm, I live right there. And he pointed to the spot where he lived. And he's like, and I just can't sleep. I can't sleep for the horns. I can't sleep for the noise. I just, I hate what you're doing to our city. And yet, he's, I start talking to him a little more, and he's a heart surgeon. Oh, really? And he, very intelligent guy, quite agitated. And it's just kind of trying to talk him down a little bit and see, like, what are you about? And he's like, I don't have the option. Like, he's like, I got, he's like, I, I did get the vaccination. He's like, I can't, I couldn't. There was, I just couldn't justify not getting it because people depend on me. Like, if I'm not doing this surgery, people are dying. I'm like, dude, I, like, I, I was just, I, I felt a commonality with him just in that I could hear the way he was talking, like he was coerced into taking it because yeah. of, I said, we're on the same page. You just don't agree with how we're doing it. But you, you were pushed into making a decision that you didn't want to make. Yeah. And that's what we're standing up for. Not for or against a vaccination or for or against but the freedom to choose the freedom to be able to decide with your body what you want to do Mm -hmm. and not have to have your governing body or your employer 
mandate to you what you have to do to keep your job. Yeah. You know, and, and it sort of calmed him down. Like, I, I got it. Like, and a, a lot of us, yeah, we had great interactions with locals. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people that were the most supportive and fed us and took care of us and took our laundry to their houses to wash it and, you know, just looked after us. We're locals. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, you've spent time in Ottawa, Michael. Um, there's a different feeling in that town. Like, it's a t- city that's, the numbers I've heard is 60% government employees. Yep which wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know if it's fair to say there's an oppressive feeling in that city, but it's there's a different feeling there. Oh, yeah, there. no, no, there is. And <laughs> and so the, the locals, they're in it every day. Like, they live, there's, they're right up against a lot of this stuff that we were fighting, seems like, and could never get away from it. And so they, does that make sense at all? Yeah. yeah. Like, well, it's, 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 it's <sighs> they live amongst the machine. That's the, a good the machine way of that is the government, right? and yeah. that because we weren't, fi- it wasn't an east versus west in this in this whole thing. It was us versus the machine, the thing yeah, yeah. telling us how we're supposed to live without any just. I don't cause. think I don't think machine is the right word to use. That's I just think. the one uh, the one I can <laughs> I think, think spirit of. Spirit, uh, you like right. spirit. I know we. <laughs> You're a bit of a mystic, so I, I understand why. But at the same time, zeitgeist, like, zeitgeist. whatever, yeah. like you know, it's. But that's why I'm saying machines, because I'm like, oh, it's a, it's called, it's yeah, made up machine, of people. Machines don't do anything without a program. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's that's what I mean. The. So, you're you're living with. An intelligence more than more than like a community it's mm-hmm. it's this this whole thing that's set up to be this identity mm-hmm. of like we are the government yeah have you ever been to ottawa den no i haven't yeah. I, i'd be interested in seeing your take on it like just yeah, once you just actually get there. the architecture and oh it's beautiful just this the just the symbology of a lot of this stuff like but it like one it of, makes you wonder it one of the really things uh, I want to bring up is is when we're talking about the oppression in Fort St. John, uh, what's a sticker we see on every other pickup? <laughs> F. Trudeau, baby. F. Trudeau <laughs> all yeah. over the place. You can't do that there. You can not, not, not sociologically. It's not, oh, you're... No, legally. <laughs> legally, <laughs> they will give you a fine. That must be a new one, eh? Cause oh, it's new. I, I, got, I have, I I have family having, there still. Yeah, I remember having a conversation with this super nice older couple in the hotel... Um, and this older lady, beautiful Christian couple, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, man, like, I love what's going on here. She's like, but I'm so, just so, uh, of- offended. I don't know if she used the word offended, but so I just wish there would be so much less of those F. Trudeau flags. Yeah. And like, I, I was talking to her a little bit and we shared the same Christian belief and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I totally, like, I do agree with you in practice kind of I'm like it's but to me it's all at that at that point I've since changed my tune a little bit I I don't feel like we would have needed those but yeah. but it's just everyday people using their language to express the same thing that we're talking about mm-hmm. you know like like we're on the same page yeah. yeah it's a little more vulgar than you would like mm-hmm. it's the same sentiment yeah right it's just it's, uh, Christians are too nice to say that it's a problem. I mean, Tamara <laughs> Leach put <laughs> like she Christian, like I, I'm sure you can find this quote. She's like, she's like I like I, same thing. Speaking about these flags a little bit, she's like I get it. Like I get the frustration and I get the anger and I get the I get the sentiment. She's like, but 
he has kids too. Yeah. You know, like the same way, like there was a, a story put out during the time that she was uh, in prison for a bit that a story was put out and I don't know how long it was out there that she'd hung herself in her cell. Hmm. She's like, my 19 year old daughter read that before I could correct her. Like she saw that. She's yeah. like, he's still a human being yeah. with kids who are reading these flags and seeing what people are saying about him. Well, even when you he know, was, like, let's bring some humanity back to this. Let's bring some compassion. Well, and do when it he the was right going way. through the divorce, right? He went yeah. through the divorce with his wife, and I had a lot of friends that were like, "Yeah, fuck that!" Like, even his wife doesn't want it. Like, and I'm like, I've seen what divorce does to people, and I'm like, I don't wish that on anybody. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm I feel bad for his kids. I feel bad for his wife. I feel bad for him. Like that. Like, a marriage is supposed to be special. It's supposed it's supposed mm-hmm. to be something that you cherish, and you're like, no, this this is something we fight for. And I hope I hope and pray that that was something he fought for. While simultaneously, yeah, I I don't like him, but I'm not going to celebrate his divorce. I'm not going to celebrate the fact that 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 a lot of people don't like him. I feel bad that I pray for him every day, and he's still walking around. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. It's a <laughs> joke. Uh, but I, I, I feel bad that I can make that joke, and I have to I have to say it's a joke because people are like, yeah. <laughs> like, they agree. So I'm like, no, let's not wish that upon people we disagree with. But, like, the states, maybe even more so than us, like the guy they've got running the place mm. over there, theoretically running the place. <laughs> There's no way. Like no, and you wonder the same. I wonder the same thing about our drama teacher, yeah, guy. Yeah. Like how, how like much? What, how what's much over this, this guy? What's yeah. how much of this is him, and how much of this is whatever thing behind him is animating? Yep. Or like, Not like you sure. know, there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of money behind a lot of these these things, and a lot yeah. of people that are far more powerful than our prime ministers and presidents. Mm-hmm. Like, would it be beyond them to put? You know, like, I don't know what kind of pressure that, you know, blackmail, like, I wouldn't put it past any of them. No. I don't know. But, I mean, there is such a thing as just people with other ideologies. Yeah. That is true. So, I mean, like, it's, maybe he seems like a convenient out to be like, oh, maybe he's a normal guy that's just got, you know, things. But he could just be someone who legitimately views the world differently than we do but has the power to make it a real thing. (laughs) Get everyone to eat grasshoppers. You know, and and, I mean, and that's fair. But at the same time, I'm like, I still don't want to vote for the guy. Yeah. But I I think that's a little bit of devil's advocate there, Devin. (laughs) Stop (laughs) doing it. Don't make me think. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That is the downside of this podcast. It it does push us out of our own comfort bubble. And I'm like, it's great. It's horrible, but it's bad. My yeah. wife is awesome at that. Like she'll legit, like she'll, she wants to see both sides. Yeah. Whereas I can definitely tend to just run with what I think and not really examine it. I watched the news this morning and I was getting so triggered. <laughs> like, like mainstream news, like global is on, uh, on prime there. I don't have TV anymore. So, oh, I'm, I haven't watched the news in years and I watch it and I'm just getting triggered because they like, they say little things that I'm like, I know why you said that. I don't know if you know why you said that, but I know why you said that. Like, oh, there was a shooting today in this part of Vancouver. They don't know whether or not the gun was obtained legally. It's like, you're trying to demonize legal gun owners (laughs) (laughs) by putting that into question. Everyone would just assume it was obtained illegally. But now that you said that, it's like, hmm, I see you you remember early on, like, (laughs) like it ended up being a clip. I don't know how much it was shown, but a news anchor that, um, talking about the convoy and she's like there's talk out there that this is being funded by russian 
actors. <laughs> oh, really? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, that is such a, just a concept. Like, it's such yeah. irresponsible oh. journalism. Like, it's that's, so Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. To, and, and, and they, would, but, I mean, they think, wouldn't be I mad at that I think they were scrambling. I, yeah. I really think that they were scrambling <laughs> so when, hard to make sense uh, of what was Hong going Kong on. was supposed to be Heil Hitler oh, or something my, like yeah. that. It's that's, like that's Hong Kong. Is, yeah. <laughs> like, real, and they put that on the news. Helly Hansen. I don't know. Yeah. H H anything H H is that's uh, Nazi. Everyone I do, everyone I hate is literally a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like fascism, a, like that's that was a word that oh, was thrown so all the time. Much. It's like, oh, they want freedom, like real fascists. I'm like, I don't think you know what a fascist is. <laughs> I mean, legit, some of us that were called um, masochists, like masochists, yeah, kind of had to look it up. We're like, what? Like, what does that <laughs> what mean? Is that? <laughs> yeah, and then you look it up. It's like, I don't know. Stop don't, using twenty dollar words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now there, there's a couple things I'd like to ask, but I'm not sure. Okay. You had some court dates and stuff like that. And, and talking of, 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 uh, funds getting frozen, did you experience the freezing of funds or anything like that? We never did. No, my wife, uh, when I was down there, she did go and try and extract some funds Yeah, and wasn't able to extract what she wanted. And she kind of badgered the teller long enough to just go, no, there's just a real run on funds. Okay. Like this was after the after it, some of yeah. this had happened and, and people were getting worried about their money and so a lot of people were pulling money oh, out of the banks. And so and it just kinda woke you up to so, I think the banks use our money and they actually have a lot less on hand than oh, you'd yeah. like to think they have. Yeah. Because our money's tied up somewhere else, and they're yeah, it's all yeah. it's all make believe. They it it's for, all they use it for investments. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's all and inside so, the no, machine. No, we we were never frozen that way. Okay. No. Um, now I I almost felt bad. Because I did give, and my funds never got frozen because I gave to a friend who was actually going there from a mm-hmm. different part of Ontario to give the money directly to whoever needed it. I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't have a lot of money. Here's yeah. So you didn't use the... I didn't use the GoFundMe. You didn't use the online apparatuses. Yeah, I didn't use that. So all the people that, that you know, use the online apparatuses, they got, like, they, those were a lot of the people that, that were affected by it. And I'm like... I almost feel bad because I wasn't looking for a go around. I'm like, no, I just don't like using online things because I, I want to know the money that I'm giving is going to go to the actual people. Yeah. Not a percentage, not in part. I want, if I'm going to give, I want it to go directly to them. And so I gave yeah. to a friend that was going and he was going to dep- withdraw it and bring it and hand it out to people who need it. And I'm like, ah, what? I don't want to feel bad about that. But at the same time, I do. No, I'm like, I don't think you should because <laughs> cashless sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, though, like, uh, f- for you, just as somebody who was there participating, like, when you when you heard of, like, all the amount of money that was being given to the Freedom Convoy through the GoFundMe and stuff like that, like, how was that, like, used or divvied out or said to be used for what? Like, I don't, I don't Did really know. Did you receive know. any of it or? We got little... Little bits, like where they were trying to help out, it, it got frozen so fast that we really didn't get to use much of it. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was like right away mm-hmm. when they froze the GoFundMe thing. Yeah, and so there's some people that helped keep trucks running and yeah. keep things going. And that's kind of when it really became maybe more, even more grassroots, when people started carrying around jerry cans. And, yeah. and that was, honestly, that was, that was one of the biggest leaps of faith for me. Because... Like, you'd be naive to think that there's not people in there trying to, whatever, Mm -hmm. do do harm to our movement. And so just grabbing somebody, a jerry can from somebody you don't know and throwing that fuel in your truck, (sighs) I'm like, 
I have zero idea what's in this fuel. Like it, yeah. you just had to It could accept. be water. <laughs> it could, right? Yeah. It could have sugar in it. It could, whatever. It could, you know, who knows? And yeah. you just, you were just like, no, these people are here to help. And I'm just going to trust that this is <laughs> yeah. clean enough fuel for my truck to burn. Did um, you anticipate them coming after funds? Was that with some disgust? Like, hey, they might come really after our, <laughs> like, I. So, so that was a left hook that nobody saw yeah. comments. Or and I mean, so much of it, like people get so hung up on where that money went. There's a bunch of it that, uh, a portion of it, it's a small portion of it, actually, that's hung up in escrow. Like it's, it's frozen. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of it, I don't know if you guys remember, like, like initially they had said, if you don't ask for a refund, Mm-hmm. It's go- we're going to decide where it goes. Yeah, you know, because it froze that. and said it's blocked from going to the truckers. If you don't ask for it, which they knew a bunch of people wouldn't, like mm-hmm. they wouldn't be in on time. Yes, yeah, so that's 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 a dirty corporate thing. Yeah. To, yeah. and then to they got so with. much pushback on that, then they said no, it will automatically be f- refunded. So a lot of people just got it yeah. back, mm-hmm. and and that's where I'm. Yeah. So I'm so just a lot of GoFundMe pledges just went back to the people that yeah. just yeah. Them. That's what I understand. Yeah, but okay. I mean. You get you guys know how it is. Like as soon as more money is in the picture, that's it becomes all about the money. Yeah, yeah. that and that's a complicating factor. It. Yeah, yeah. Now um, we had a friend of ours say that the ask changed, and he he was on board for all of it. He was he was there. He was until like, oh, I'm end. a huge fan until close to the end. He's like, the ask changed, and I'm like, yeah. hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a friend of ours was saying basically. Yeah, your microphone's doing the thing again, brother. Fixed it. All right. <laughs> our, our our friend was basically saying, like, I was with everything at the beginning, but you guys kept changing what you wanted into the point where it was just ridiculous and I was over it. Okay. Did you guys hear or feel any of that? Did you feel like your intentions were morphing or changing or becoming clarified or more muddy? Like, what was what was the feeling while you were there? Like, did you ever sense that, like, ah, this isn't what I signed on for? I don't know. I mean, there's so many people, and th- and that's kind of where some of the criminal um, or the court proceedings have gone to, like trying to they're trying to as- ascertain if we were there to throw over the government. Mm-hmm. And there were initially there were definitely some groups that that's what they tied into, like like we did. That's what they wanted. We're not leaving until you resign. I mean, that's a little pie in the sky. I think, like, yeah, seriously, you think that's going to work like that? No, we just wanted to be heard, and that just never happened, right? Like, like I really do feel, and having gotten to be good friends with, like, most of the people that were, sort of the originators of the idea, and the people that were in the boardrooms making decisions. Like, I, I know most of these people. They wanted to be heard. Like, we wanted a meeting. We wanted a. We just wanted to know that we'd been heard. You know, I don't know how much further it would have gone. Like, yeah, I know there was so much of that. Like, you heard that that we're not leaving until all the mandates are dropped. Um, obviously, we did leave before that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through police action. But did, did you guys have an end goal in mind? Like, of like, like you know, or, or maybe I, I can't think speak that was to kind every... of it. Like, like. Like, we wanted to see the mandates dropped. We wanted to see truckers be able to go back to work. You know, like, lift the border thing, lift. I don't know. It <laughs> seems like so much of a lifetime ago sometimes. Right? Yeah. And th- that's a, another thing is uh, when you say, um, 
<laughs> oh, your ask changed. It's like, well, we want freedom. It's like, well, you got to clarify. What do you mean by freedom? It's like, it, okay, we want so broad, we want right? the mandates dropped. It's like, okay, which mandates? <laughs> and then yeah. the, when you're becoming more and more specific, it's not that the ask is changing. It's that we are trying to clarify and, and put into definition what we're saying. Because when you just say the word freedom, it's, it's a big word. And it's probably a fair criticism on the part of your friend. I mean, it just, it became such a big thing with so many different voices in it, you know, right? And depending where you're at in the country, sort of depends on what you heard or who, whose live feed you're watching or, mm-hmm. you know, like it just, it gets hard to keep the message pure all across of it. Mm-hmm. And and the same thing too, like so many people love to characterize it one way or another. Guess what? Like when you're that size, there's going to be some bad actors in the midst. There's yeah. going to be some people with some some mm-hmm. different ideas, some people that would love to hijack it, some people that did go there to overthrow the government. Like there's going to be a few of them in the mix. It's just, it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, but The tinfoil hatters. <laughs> yeah, but you... Like the overall feeling, especially when we we're there, and it came right from from our leaders. Like if I want to, you know, he'd give me crap if I called him a leader, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, like just the it started right from from the, our our decision makers, um, and it was echoed through all the people that were there with the right motives. We yeah. have to stay peaceful. We have like that was. That was such a common refrain. We it's imperative that we stay peaceful. Yeah. You know, the second it's not peaceful, then the emergency act is justified. Yeah. The second it that looks like there's any sort of violence brewing, like then they they would have reason for bringing this in. Mm-hmm. And so, I think for the people that were there for the right reason, it wasn't really that muddy. Like it never it it stayed pretty clear. Okay. You know, and and. And there was definitely a point. We ended up being on the block that was hit the first. Like there were a couple of arrests, Tamara and Danny Bulford and maybe even Chris for a brief period that were arrested before they were arrested on the 17th, I believe. I was arrested on the 18th. Our block was hit and we were the first ones to get hit just because of, I guess, we were a little bit of an outlier. And I was thinking, I went, I'm like, I wonder if we'll, well, they'll forget about us. Like they won't because we're sort of not at the nucleus or Mm -hmm. because we're an outlier will be easier to hit and it ended up being the latter. Anyway, um, so they, yeah, they hit us and then they started moving in towards the center and so people were given opportunity to, like this would be the time for you to leave. If you don't want to stay here, leave now. Mm -hmm. So there were definitely those people (coughs) that did. But, you know, people stayed of their own volition. Like you weren't forced to stay, you weren't, so, so you knew full well that arrest was probably going to be a thing. Yeah. What was what was uh, that like? Like knowing that it's coming and then experiencing it. <clears throat> there were some tense nights. Like it was a, kind of a week of that. So the emergency act came on on the fourteenth, and so then four days and the nights would get quieter with less people around you sort of expected something to happen during the nights and so they were pretty tense um i remember one of those nights and it would have been probably right in the middle of it just one night where things got fairly quiet and it seemed like everybody else had kind of gone to sleep and i was just down like really feeling down and just i don't know how to extract describe it exactly but 
just interestingly enough, I got a call from a friend back home from here, um, a friend I used to work for years and years ago, and it was just a very timely phone call. He's just like, hey, just wondering, just thinking about you and wondering how you're doing and, you know. And I'd barely hung up with this guy, and there's this lady comes through. It was 9 or 10 at night maybe. She comes through, and it was just like it was scripted. Like she, Her name was Adora which I don't feel like that's a real human name. Like, I think she might have been an angel, <laughs> honestly. And, yeah. and just, like, she was, it was so on point of what I needed to hear. And the timing was perfect, you know, and she, like, it was, I can't even remember exactly what she said, but I just remember thinking, like, I really, like, the hug felt real. But I just, to this day, I'm like, I don't even know if she actually existed. You know, like, she felt like such a godsend to write when I needed to hear her and mm-hmm. see her and and you know it was just it was interesting mm-hmm. that's, uh. and, and that's I mean, i'm sure and, she was a real person i just and, the, and that's <laughs> where kind of the piece came to be like okay let's chill there there was and and i uh yeah there's just interesting things that happen in the middle of it i don't know if you knew the part of the story where so the 18th is my son's birthday I and didn't. so this happens at 7.30 in the morning where we're getting arrested with the time change, whatever it is, three-ish hours, I think. Yep. Anyway, so I get arrested. It's my son's 15th birthday that day. And it was just such a distraction for me. And it, uh, and I don't believe in random coincidence, but it was seriously, it was all that was running through my mind. Like, it was like, it's my son's 15th birthday. And here I am in Ottawa getting arrested. <laughs> but it you don't know. Like, I've been a pretty above-board kind of guy. I've never been arrested before. You don't know how you're going to react in the moment. There's just, what are you going to do? Like, like the police presence was such, the police show of force was such. Like, you're not getting out of this. It's happening. And here we are. <laughs> you know, it just, and then I, I ended up, you know, being processed and like they drove us across town, processed us, kicked us out in the snowbank essentially. And uh, just in time for me to call my family when they were on their way to school. Mm-hmm. And then such a made for TV moment. Like, yeah. I'm like, like, I think they were on speakerphone. They'd already heard that I've been arrested by this point. So I called them and I'm like, happy birthday, son. Sorry, I got arrested on your birthday. He's like, he's like, dad, it's the best birthday gift you could give me. <laughs> he's like, you're fighting <laughs> for my freedom. Like, yeah, that was such a, just a, and it shows up in the documentary and it's such a, just, <laughs> you couldn't have scripted it better. Right. And it still gets right. me to this day, you know, like just, just oh. my 15 year old son, just getting why I was there. Hmm. Well, it puts you up, sorry. Um, it puts you in the same camp as the soldiers that kind of stood maybe because they were told, but they still fought for our freedom in other countries. And it's like, no, we're fighting for our freedom in our own country. And it's like, I'm standing up because I believe in this. And uh, it, when it aligns you with what we call the greatest generation. I can't even begin to tell you how much more meaningful um, Remembrance Days have gotten to me. Oh, for yeah. me since. Yeah. Huh. You know, like there's such a, like I feel guilty anytime anybody compares us to soldiers yeah. that literally fought. Yeah and died for our freedoms. Yeah. Like I'm not in the same camp. No. But I get a glimpse of it. Yeah. Right? And and it's just And like, that, that's yeah. So when we 
and and not to put down a, a group necessarily but when we get we give one minute for our veterans and we have a whole month for special interest groups yeah M- multiple months for multiple Batty. Oh. like like these are the people that need to be honored yeah. these are the people and i've seen a post and it's bang on i think that you know came around remembrance day it says if you want to honor those who fought for our freedom refuse to give up yours yeah i'm like that's bang on like that's that's as simple as you can put it yeah yeah it's something that i've i've really pushed on my children of appreciating the veterans and the people who Mm -hmm. have come before us and and stood in the way of tyrants and stood in the way and 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 not just for our country but for other countries that's a big part of it it's like no it sets a precedent of how how one should react and so when look at what they're doing right now in france and norway and all these places they were they're like no we're we're still we're doing what canada did we're bringing our farm equipment we're bringing our trucks we're bringing things because well who started that isn't it kind of cool to actually be a leader in something yeah <laughs> like Neat. a little bit <laughs> it's, <laughs> a weird, it's a weird feeling. opportunity <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so we, we get that and i'm like and and to know that you got to be part of and the, my favorite part is how peaceful it is yeah we like had they they had no per like i have yet to see any substantial video of any truckers that that got in the Look, of that crowd that did I know there's got to be a couple here and there but with the phones, CCTV and all that stuff to have as little as they do is unbelievable if there was stuff out there with they what had the narrative it. was don't you think it was it, it would have been everywhere? aired everywhere yeah absolutely yeah. but really really you guys took the martyrs way it was yeah. standing up for a purpose against a power and not not letting your not letting the baser instincts take control. It was right. be like, we're going to do this. Let your response be what it will, and we will accept that. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I so appreciate it. I had a friend from here that, that came down, and he spent some time with us there. And yeah. uh, Andy, who's actually been on this podcast like, yeah. twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Andy. It was a different guy. Oh, really? Oh, no? Yeah, oh, d- okay. different fella. And I'm not going to name his name. Uh, All right. Unnamed feller. Unnamed feller. The unnamed um, Anyway. <laughs> So we we'll got call arrested. Him Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe was there, and we got arrested Friday. Finally, it took most of the day till we f- all found our way back to Bikers Church, and kind of got reassembled. And I think it was early Saturday morning. He's like, "I gotta go home." He's like, "I gotta go." Like he's like that was when things were starting to get really dark, with, you know, when the horses were brought in and the lines and the, yeah. some of the violence against the people on foot. He's like, "I can't be here. I'm gonna be the one that blows this up." I'm going to be one of the ones I cannot watch this. Yeah. You know, and I so appreciated his self-awareness and being able to say, yo, I better go home. Like I'm going to wreck this movement. People like me are going to wreck this movement because I just cannot watch this. Because, because of the passion. Yeah. And, and to be self, to be aware of that and conscious of your own capable, uh, comfort with violence or capability of violence. It's like, Oh, this is not the time to be violent, even though in your deepest core I mean, you'll want to be. How does uh, Jordan Peterson put it? That he's like, this world needs dangerous men. Isn't that how he puts it? Yeah. Dangerous yeah. men who are able to control Yeah. Control it for a per- or I forget exactly what the words yeah. are. but Yeah. In monsters, it needs the, a world of, of controlled monsters because you have to know what you are capable of. And, and be capable of that. But Actually, that's one of the reasons why I chose my name, Saint. Uh, uh, Chris, Saint uh, Christopher. Yeah, Saint Christopher. Yeah. So he was 
one of the one of the first. This is an orthodox thing you get to learn. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. A little a little <laughs> insight into that. So when I when I got chrismated, I like people used to they used to take a, like a name of a prior Christian when they converted. Okay. Right, because they, you know, in in Rome in these various places that were pagan stuff, they were named after pagan gods and pagan heroes. So they didn't want to be always known as that. So when they got saved, they took a new name, a Christian name. Like that would be their their known name then? Yes, th- oh, that okay. would be their known name then. And since then, like people would like would name their babies after Christian saints. Like your name was Michael. Yep, Michael Archangel. That has been a name that people have been giving their their sons and daughters as Michelle since <laughs> since the beginning of Christianity. In in remembrance of actually, there's an icon right there of um, Saint Michael the Archangel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know other ones like Christopher or uh, Joshua or you know they're all like Christian names that are passed down through ages. Nicholas, and Schmiel. so it's so, still so who's Christopher? So Christopher was a Roman soldier who was. Uh, known as a monster, known as a warrior. Okay. And he is actually portrayed in some icons as being a werewolf because he was that monstrous. And he went around saying, like, I'm going to serve the I'm going to serve the highest authority that I can find. And that that authority will have my ability to do damage. So he found the Roman army was like, excellent. I'm going to serve you and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to serve the emperor, you know, as a, as a soldier and you know, then forth. And so he was an amazing soldier, like won many battles. Then he found out that the emperor feared, um, you know, this, this God of his. So he's like, he, he just dropped everything cold. He's like, whatever, screw you, emperor. I'm serving this God of yours. Okay. And then felt that, you know, that this this god that I'm serving fears a darker one. <laughs> he fears the lord of the underworld. Nobody wants to go to the underworld. So obviously the god of Hades, Satan, must be the the most powerful god of the universe. And so he went to work serving the darkest impulses, the darkest of the, of the world. And then he came across a monk, like a Christian monk. And that monk said, "Oh, Satan, uh, Satan's nothing. He fears he fears Christ above everything. Who can cast him into utter darkness for forever? And he's doing everything to stop that from from happening. Right. So he's like, okay, I want to serve this Christ of yours. Show me him and how I can work best to serve my you know to use my my skills in war and monstrous nature for Christ. And the monk said, no not happening. If you want to meet this Christ of mine, I'm going to give you a task. And that's to sit by this tree and whoever sit by this tree, by this river. And whoever comes to you asking to cross this river, you're going to aid them and you're going to carry them across. And you're going to sit here and you're going to do that and nothing else. And you will meet Christ. No fighting, no killing, nothing. This is, this is your mission in life. So all this, all this guy did was carry people across this raging river to the other side safely because he was strong enough to do so. Monster. Hmm. 
And one day he met a child and the child wanted to cross the river. He's like, okay, hop on my shoulders. I'll carry you across. And crossing that river in that time, he began to sink. He couldn't bear the weight of this little child and almost drowned. And by the skin of his teeth got to the other end and set the child down. And the child said, I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm Christ. I'm the one that bears the entire world on my shoulders. You've only felt a taste of the weight that I bear. And then disappeared. <laughs> and at that moment, he knew that it was humbleness and humility and, and the sad, and, you know, like the being the smallest, the meekest, the child that is the way that God saved the universe. Mighty God became a child and then grew up to become just a man and that was crucified and died. And that's when he understood what salvation was and who God was. God wasn't a monster that wanted monsters. Right. God was uh, an all powerful creature that bore everything upon himself in self sacrifice. And that's what changed his heart. That's what caused, gave him a sense of repentance. Mm -hmm. So that, that was his salvation story. So yeah, that's, that's St. Christopher. Okay. And when, when I became Orthodox, I learned about that story that impacted me so much. So that's, that's what I took on myself, but there's a, a funny bit of it because it's like you, it's this person, the one person who's able to cross this river, you know, use his might and whatever to, mm -hmm. to forge a path. And he's also represents a bridge from barbarianism into, you know, a kind of like a, a meek Christianity. And I just found an identification with that. Like there's something neat about mm -hmm. being capable of something, but restrained enough to know to sacrifice. Yeah. Right. But to, to a big part of that when I, when I hear it is he was capable of doing the great thing and to, to be like, oh, well, we got to be me. I got to soften up. Got to like, I'm just like, no, you still have to be capable of doing the still great thing. Be, you still have to be capable. Yeah. And, yeah. You're just not using it in malice. You're using it in the service of bringing people from one place to another. Can, can I tell them about the dream? All right, go for it. All right. So, um, one of the the way that I get to not tie in, but to um, I don't know if contributes even the right word. A while ago, uh, we were at a motorcycle rally, and Devin was in this thing, and I had no idea. Uh, not the uh, the orthodoxy, but. Um, choosing a saint or whatever it was. And uh, I was staying at a buddy's place and I had this really, really weird dream. I was working at a store for some reason. I have no idea why. And um, I was helping people with groceries, helping, but I don't remember all of it. But then this person had a baby and I'm like, oh, can I hold the baby? I'll like, I'll hold him while you're getting your money or getting whatever. And then all of a sudden the baby just becomes stupid heavy, like just ridiculous. And I felt like I was collapsing under the weight of a baby and I'm like oh this is uh, uh, just this weird dream of okay. collapsing under the weight of a child and I don't remember dreams and I don't like yeah, and if I do they're not something to brag about so right. I tell my buddy about it. I'm like man I had yeah. the weirdest dream yeah, so we go to we go to breakfast <laughs> before the spiker event you know and, and I'm like dude I had the weirdest dream <laughs> you know how often he tells me about his dreams Zero. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> this not is a not common like a conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, and like, it, most of the time, if I was going to be like, hey, man, I got to tell you about the dream. He's like, oh, I'd rather are, you, are, you, are you gay now? 
Like, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> we don't talk dreams. And I'm like, it was too weird. I have to talk about it. And he's like, hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean, hmm? <laughs> so, yeah. That's so at that point, I told him about this dilemma I was having about choosing uh, a name saint of somebody who, like, I don't think I'm going to go by. But at the same time, it's like, this is an, you know. I identify with this. Yeah, I identify or... with this. Like, It's like, I was... I was just wondering, like, is this, is this the one to choose? Like, cause this is, this is a part, like you, yeah. you, you choose this as a part of the process of, of chrismation. And I, it was. Are you okay with saying I'm Devin, but I identify as Christopher? Yes, I'm Devin, but I identify <laughs> as Christopher. <laughs> you know, when, when my, when my priest serves me con- communion, like he, he looks at me, he smiles and he says like, you know, Devin, Christopher, servant of God. And then he serves okay. me, you know, he serves me communion. Yeah. But, but yeah, he actually calls me Devin Christopher, not just Devin. Okay. Huh. Hmm. We'll catch on. That's too, too much of a mouthful. But yeah, being able to, I, I, I want to say affirm or like just give him the confidence of it knowing it's like. It was a weird like, thing. It was really weird because I, um, I have a lot of people that, that come to me uh, and they say, what's going on with Devin? And I'm like, Devin's very intentional about his faith. And I, I, I affirm what Devin, like I am, I'm with him because there's, it's too out of the box for it to work the way that it did. And I'm like, no, this, this, no, I'm, I'm standing with Devin on this one. I might not agree with all the Orthodox teaching, but I stand with Devin. Like, I don't have to agree with all of it to be like, no, this is a God thing. Not, not just a good thing because there's a lot of things that are a good thing, but not a God thing. This is a. God thing, in mm. my humblest of opinions. <laughs> I know it was uh, it was a weird and very encouraging, like confirmation that I wasn't looking for. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's neat. So, um, speaking of God things and good things, when it comes to the protest, Sorry, I, I I totally derailed that. We were talking about what it's about being a monster. <laughs> like, oh yeah, know, about uh, <laughs> that that idea of yeah. Uh, I, I, where were we? <laughs> we were talking about were monsters we? and being capable of great things, and you guys were, your friend had just recognized oh, that he was okay. capable yeah. of, of violence oh, yeah, without yeah. control. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, no, and, and then that's Jordan, where Jordan Peterson, because, yeah. Well, so Joe, whoever you are out there, I don't know your real name because B- Bernie wouldn't say it, but I just want to uh, affirm to you that you are actually able to control that. Yeah, because you I, did. I know maybe in that moment, maybe it wasn't the right time, but there will come a time when you will have mastery over that, don't worry. Don't worry and be afraid of yourself because mm-hmm. there will come a time when you're going to be able to take that Christopher away and be the monster, but be able to be it in a way for Christ. And that is not going to be detrimental. Don't be afraid of yourself. Go Joe. Somebody just threw out a post the other day and I really appreciated it because we live in a time that's concerning for our kids, right? Yeah. Like as parents, you're like, Eesh. yeah, like I, I pulled my kids out of school. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, but we're not the first generation that's been there. No. We won't, I, I'm hoping we won't, I'm thinking we won't be the last, but this person just put out there that none of this is a surprise to God, right? Yep. Like he, he's put other people in positions in history for a per, for a purpose. And we'd like to believe each one of us has a purpose. And if we're living in our capabilities and our giftings and our 
our reason for being here, we are where we're supposed to be for a certain purpose, right? And he's, this person <coughs> was just <coughs> stating that, like, our children are where they need to be. Mm-hmm. They're not there by accident. They're not there. It's not a surprise. Yeah. They're in the right spot at the right time. And I'm like, yeah, we need to change our perspective to where, away from this world that has all kinds of reason to be afraid. Yeah. And put it back on the one who actually knows. Yeah. Beginning from the end. So with that, do you feel like your time in Ottawa, you felt called? Like, did you feel called or just, this is an opportunity, I'm going to take it. Hopefully God's with me on this one. Or did you earnestly feel like... God, should I should I go to this thing? Should I be there? Or were you just like, I'm going, and I hope that this is a God thing? Because I think both are fine. But I just, yeah, I, I'm I curious think, on your. I think it became more and more of a calling as time went on. Um, maybe just because I, to this day, I haven't regretted one minute of it, um, and that's not what they would want to hear if I'm in a courtroom. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know, like we have heard. Anybody that was involved has heard stories that will just break your heart. Yeah. Right? And people whose lives were changed because of the convoy. Yeah. Um, people who were brought back from the brink of suicide. People that were in the depths of depression. People that had just lost all hope, right? Yeah. And just that was probably the most common word <coughs> we heard was hope. Like people stating that hope was reintroduced. And, and not only that, like there were just so many, like I mentioned before, some of these meetings were done with, they weren't necessarily people that would claim Christ, right? And yet we were so on the same page and there were so many stories of different people being called, like you were saying, like, like a, an individual and, and in my narrow view of things I don't, I don't even know how this works but uh, a guy that I know came to know Christ in his truck on his way to Ottawa like <laughs> oh wow you know <laughs> just that's like it's not an isolated story there's just so many different stories of the miraculous things that God did that uh, you recognize this was never meant to be a spiritual movement like no. it was a move it was a it was a societal movement like a yeah a movement for our freedoms yeah. But See, I'm, God, of, God, I'm of the opinion that societal movements are spiritual movements. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a hyper-spiritualist. <laughs> well, it's just like you couldn't, especially as somebody who knows God, Yeah, the fingerprints of God were all over it. And the openness to it, you know, you know like so many times you try and talk to people about spiritual things, yeah. and there's an automatic arm's length thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. Like it was, there was such an openness to it. Like there, I had friends that were there. They set up a prayer tent and just for the, like they were there for the sole yeah. purpose of praying for people and just seeing what God was going to do. And they said they'd never seen anything like it. You know, just, uh, uh, just a, somehow people being there for, for our practical everyday societal freedoms opened the door to real freedom. And there was just an, an openness in their, in their hearts and their minds. That's, uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting how God will bring us to a place where he's like, no, I got you. Like, it, it just, it feels almost instinctual. Like, just the way that people treated each other there. Like, I'm not a person who loves crowds. 
Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not, you know, you guys have probably gone to a concert or to some venue or an event where yeah. there's people packed in. There's always some jackass Up who's soaring through there like, hey, like make room for me. Like, you know, like one of those morons. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you just want to punch him as he goes by. <laughs> so I, I just, maybe not even a claustrophobic feeling. I just don't like crowds like that. Yeah. Like there was none of that. Like you'd, like people were so kind and so polite and so looking out for each other. Like, like I kept asking and you'd have these people come around and, and a lot of times it was moms, moms with young kids and it yeah. was nine, 10 at night. I'm like, don't you feel unsafe? Like you should feel unsafe walking around at night, you know, and they never did. Like there no. was such a, a safe feeling among those people, among these strangers. Like you'd have, mm-hmm. even when we're trying to go home, like, like you'd have, like this guy sent his wife home with somebody he met a week ago. Oh yeah, I heard about that. I, rem- I remember like, uh, you guys talked about that? that. But there was just like I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like just it was a glimpse of what Canada can be when yeah. we're at our best, when we're looking out for each other, when we're loving each other, when we're able to look past our differences and our and appreciate people for who they are, and strive towards unity and strive towards. Mm-hmm seeing each other for who they are. Like it was just, it, I think it was a glimpse of what, first off, what Canada could be. But that's, also, that's, that's what Canada is at its best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's something that was gone a long time before COVID started. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like the, that you, you saw a glimpse of something that had been gone for maybe like a couple decades as far as like, like maybe we had a memory of it, but didn't really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So it was neat to see some of that comeback of how things felt like when we were a kid. Did you, back to Quebec for a second when you were around there, did you get to experience the intimacy that they have when greeting each other, the hugging and the like, the, the, the kiss on the cheek, or is that kind of faded there a little a bit? There was a lot of hugging in Ottawa, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Because like that's was, something I, I since I was I grew up there for a little while, uh, that is something of that people they like love we, hugging. If we believe what we were supposed to believe about how deadly COVID was, it was a super spreader event of the century, mm-hmm. right? We should and, have all been dead. Yep, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> heck, some, some liberals would have wished you were. There was an amazing moment, and I'm gonna pass this on to you that this documentary that I'm happy to push because Ben Hobb did an amazing job with it, but I'm going to get a copy into your hands so you guys can see it. Yeah. But there was a moment where it, uh, like the crowd was chanting um, freedom. Yeah. And in English, chanting freedom. And then, you know, what, but then it switched to where every, it's okay. <laughs> where everybody was chanting liberté. Yeah. And it wasn't just the English bunch still chanting freedom and the French bunch chanting in French. Yeah. It was everybody first in one language and then in the other language. It was moving. So it was so moving. Oh, unified. Yeah. It was amazing. (laughs) Wow. Like I said, that, that, like there were so many moments that just, like they just, they just made the hair stand up on the back. Like not, I, I, you you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I got it right now. (laughs) Tingles. You ever get that feeling where you're just hearing about it? You're like, I know. (laughs) Right on the back of your neck of just knowing. Like, I will forever be grateful to have experienced all of what happened there, regardless of what happens in the courts or whatever. You are know. you still going through the court um, proceedings, so, uh, or are you, are you done with that now? We were back in court in Ottawa in December, or beginning of December. 
um, it was scheduled to be a four-day trial, and it ended up being a two-day trial, and it went as well as I thought it could have. My lawyers argued a charter application, essentially argued that I was unlawfully arrested and not given access to a lawyer. Oh, which is probably true, yeah. So I get a decision on that at the end of January, January 31st. And I'm okay. supposed to get, I can attend it by Zoom. So in like three weeks, you'll kind of have an idea of like. Yeah. I'd, should we hold <coughs> off on re- releasing this until after that? Like, or. That's you, all good. Okay. I just, uh, I don't want you to get in shit for saying <laughs> like, I regret nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I, f- I honestly feel like we've maybe gone about it the wrong way in a lot of cases. Like. Yeah. Like we were counseled by lawyers to, you know, like their favorite, their favorite uh, client is somebody that has no social media profile. Because you just get yourself in trouble on social media by yeah. things you say and things, whatever. Yeah. And so we get to even to this fundraiser that was happening, that happened for me here, um, middle of November. That's or right. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many people that don't even know about it. Like yeah. we started advertising for this fundraiser and people are like, what do you mean you still have court? Like you, you have legal issues? Yeah. People just didn't know about it because we were taking the lawyer's advice to and just, just keep low. it quiet. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I feel... I still feel like that was wrong. Like we should have been opening yeah. people's eyes to what the government was still you know, trying to do. I, to I've us. heard some people say, like, uh, you know, the the freedom convoy was cool, but that was just a thing I remember. <laughs> like, yeah, they, yeah, I know. Like, and, I, and, and and you know, when when encountered with somebody with you, like, no, this is still very much a legal reality that is going on in your life, and that's going to be for people all across the country. I, it kind of opened my eyes to it. Um, this was back in June. I'm talking to um, the guy that was my best man at my wedding. And he moved out of town. Like, he was here in town at that point. He lives in Valley View now. And uh, so we, <coughs> you know how life gets. Like, it gets yeah. busy. I mean, we're still good friends. You don't see each other all that often. I'm, but I'm talking to him, and I'm talking to him about this stuff, and he was exactly like that. He's like, what do you mean? You still have, like, you have charges against you? I'm like, dude, you don't, What? Like, you don't know that I have charges? Yeah. Like, you Seriously? were arrested. You don't get arrested without charges. I mean, charges. so many people just assumed when I got my truck back, everything was dropped, right? Yeah. And But that's not the case. And I just feel like it would have been a, like, more publicity would have been better to wake up more people yeah. on what what's what they're still trying to do. Like, there's so much of, I've got a good friend, her name's Christine, and she she was one of the first of us to go through trial. She was acquitted. But then, so huge sigh of relief, right? Mm-hmm. Acquitted. We're all good. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, a month later, appeal. Like she gets hit with an appeal. The, mm-hmm. the Crown's appealing. They're going to look for another judge or whatever and re- revisit the issue, which is what's happening a lot. And it's almost like like the process is the punishment. Yeah. Like in a lot of cases, like they know they don't have that much to go on, but... But they're going to they can bleed you out. They can make you feel make you feel it. Like, all right, we're going to make them come back one more time. We're going to make them come back. Which is what it feels like with Chris Barber and Tamara Leach. Like those two um, are in a in a joint trial. Yeah, it was initially meant to be a sixteen day trial. They're now thirty six or thirty eight days in on that sixteen day trial. They haven't even hit defense yet. Yeah, that's still just prosecution. And now it's so thirty six days of prosecution getting their entire way with things. And now they have, they just had one day here in January. They have three days scheduled in March. Like their lawyers said, this is still going to be going on in two years. Mm -hmm. You know, like it just, and I can attest to, I would have never necessarily guessed this, just the weight that that is hanging over your head. You know, like as, as guys, as providers, I think more as men probably. Yeah. 
we're a little bit control freaks. Like we like to think that we've got things in hand. Yeah. And then there's this thing over you that you just have zero control over. You mm-hmm. have no idea what the outcome is going to be of it. Yeah. It. My wife's tried to pep talk me on it. She says, your life hasn't changed. Like your bank account, uh, our bank accounts weren't frozen. Your life goes on as normal. You've got a good job. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize that in my head. <laughs> Whatever, but in my heart, like I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've you, struggled you say it so as many times as you want, and you're like ambition. Can um, can I ask what's the as far as the trials? Like, what is what is the crown trying to hit you with? Like, what is what is the worst possible outcome of this? I don't know where it would be at now. Like initially, they were trying to do, uh, and a few of my buddies did take a plea deal. So my initial plea, um, the conditions of plea or what they were offering was 60 de- no 30 days in jail um and a criminal record essentially yeah i just from day one i just had the conviction i couldn't go with a plea deal like mm. i felt like it really invalidated what we went for yeah i felt like me having to get up there you know to some degree f- to take a plea deal you're pleading guilty yeah i just and my family's been a thousand percent behind me on it they're just like no well pleading like, guilty just, of what what are you charged with uh, mischief and mischief obstruct property, but it's all hinged. It's all based on the emergency act being valid, which mm-hmm. the the public inquiry. So, so if you can, if 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 you and your uh, group can prove that the emergency act was not set under valid pretense, which the public inquiry sort of did, and yet, yeah. like everything, like my wife watched quite closely. Like honestly, like at that point, I was sort of over it, and she watched, she listened to just about every minute of it. Yeah, and I was getting tired of just always hearing this oh. in the background. But yeah, <laughs> she has an insatiable appetite for knowledge. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like like right close to the end, still, she's like, I don't think the threshold's been met for this mm-hmm. emergency act, and yet, right? They just said, well, no, we decided that it was. Yeah, and which is bullshit. Right. So, I don't know. It just, I've never, it's just been a solid, solid conviction of mine that I just couldn't go with a plea deal. Um, part of it is just, I, if I can be a part of setting some precedents, yep. setting an example, I don't know. Like, Because if they can go after never you, sat right if, if they can set a precedent with people like you, they can do it for every protest after this. Which, so is, which is crazy. Like, Good on, like, whatever. Like, you're entitled to your opinion. You don't agree at all with what we did and why we did it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Whatever. You're entitled to that. So, but that they can come down on protesters, like people that disagree with government narrative like that and start doing things like this, that should scare every Canadian citizen. That should. Right? Like, yeah. there will come a time where you, maybe, where oh. you will feel so strongly about something that you'll want to be in those shoes where you're protesting. Mm-hmm. Do you want to think that you can have your assets frozen because of your yeah. stance on and, something? And, and this works too. Like for for anybody who's still listening from the liberal side of things. Right. <laughs> I, hope, I hope there's a couple. Yeah, Both exactly. Of you. But like Both let's, of you. <laughs> let's, let's say that you get to the point where, you know, something that a future conservative government does is beyond the pale and you decide to go to go protest you know, whatever they're up to, if the president is, if the precedent is there that these acts are available for that purpose, imagine what they can do to you. Yeah. Like this isn't just on behalf of everybody who wants freedom from vaccines. 
Like yeah. at this point, the precedent now is for anybody who wants freedom from overreaching totalitarian governmentism. Yeah. yeah. I this had is a, for you too. had an opportunity to have dinner with um, a while ago with, uh, I don't know if you've heard of an organization called Justice for Constitutional Freedoms, JC. I should mm. have, yes. JCCF. Um, anyway, the f- I think he was the founder of it. He was, had a bit of a speech and he said something that stuck with me. He's like, and that was kind of, like we we recognize that freedom of speech is being attacked in Canada, and there's some censorship going on, things like that. He's like, when we lose the ability, like if we lose freedom of speech, that's the hill we die on. Mm-hmm. If we lose the ability to speak and lose the ability to protest and lose the ability to voice our concerns, mm-hmm. we're done. Like that 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 is <laughs> that is where we should focus our efforts. Yeah, and that's why America, their their First and Second Amendment, both of them protect one another the first protects the second the second protects the first and not having that ability in canada is is really but i think uh, i understand that their constitution differs maybe a little bit or goes a little deeper than ours does as well oh, yes. whereas they they recognize that how does that quote go like power corrupts and, absolute power and, corrupts absolutely yeah and they they seek to protect um citizens from from government seeking to be authoritarian or seeking to have all the authority. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly in, in what way. I just remember mm-hmm. reading something like that where they went a step beyond where we have. Yeah. Well, it's because, well, we're still under the... we, we Canada bent the knee and kissed the ring to the British. Right, right. So. But e- even so, if that is the case, then there also is an avenue other than our elected government it gives it there is another another way to go <laughs> if yeah. you need someone to step in yeah right like so like it's like just call a spade a spade be like this is a different way that we went but there's still options yeah it's interesting when you um like you've yeah we're on this side of the continent or the the north america canada yeah and there's always, for the as long as I can remember, there's been talk of of changing the borders, you know, like yeah. like joining BC to Alberta or like northeastern BC to Alberta, yeah, kind of above above the whatever, Rockies, sort of right? Thing, right? Yeah, you get into Saskatchewan and further east, and it's almost like their freedom movements are a little bit more concise because mm-hmm. they they don't have the separatism talk, like they're that's not that's not yeah. even on their radar, so they're a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the word would be, but more focused. Yeah, all on the same page. Like they're not so splintered. Yeah, I think I think it, part of that is the uh, Saskatchewan, especially Saskatchewan, Manitoba's dependency on government, where Alberta and BC have found a certain level of independence because of our access to oil and natural right. gas, and our resources are so rich. Yeah, yeah. We've got the prairies with Alberta. We've got the oil and gas. We've got markets right on the coast, and where Saskatchewan and Manitoba do not feel that way, that's why <coughs> there's such a strong presence of the NDP government in Manitoba and the concert. Well, not a liberal but a conservative um, compliance that, that wants to work with Ottawa because they got to get their hand out every other, every few years. Manitoba confuses me. Like, like when so a strange. a weird city, right? Like it's all farmers and Mennonites. That's how I see, yeah. how I see Manitoba. And they're and super yeah. socialist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Yeah. 
but again, that dependency on government because yeah. when things go south, and they do, that's the that's the nature of uh, of um, farming, is when things go hard, they get really hard because there's a lot of risk and and your reward isn't. Isn't so, all, is never what you think is going to be. Yeah, it <laughs> what you hope it'll be. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, pray hard enough for. I know. <laughs> I know a lot of farmers, and it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah, oh, no kidding. And I know other farmers that have record crops, like world record crops, when it comes, and they're local. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of but those it's things where choosing it's like, the right crop at the right time and just praying yeah. that you're right. And so, yeah, no, it's it's a very interesting dynamic that we have here in Canada. In my Canada. heart, I'd like to be a farmer, and in my head, I know I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the constitution for it. I don't have the faith. <laughs> I, I know enough of them that I have no desire to get into the <laughs> the life of sacrifice and struggle that they have. It's you know, a lifestyle, Devin. It's a lifestyle. Do, do you know what you people mean a lifestyle I really of, enjoy? Uh, yeah. I enjoy uh, ranchers. I got to hang out with a few old boy ranchers in yeah. Saskatchewan um, this last a while ago. Uh, fall in September and just in line with them at some country dinner thing, like end of year harvest meal. And this rancher and I just start up a conversation. We start talking about how it's really hard to come up with good workers nowadays. And cause I'm in the oil field, but he's like, Oh yeah, I'm a rancher. And, he talks, and just this camaraderie and I like ranchers. They're just genuine people. The difference between yeah. a rancher and a farmer is the hat. Ranchers got the cowboy. Farmers got the uh, uh, ball cap. Yeah. They yeah. all got ball cap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, we're coming up here on uh, two hours and 20 minutes. Um, Sounds better. Are you still in need of financial aid when it comes to dealing with lawyer shit and all that? I'm not. Um, I, that fundraiser that we had here was such a... It was such a godsend. Like it really was not just, it's been interesting just to see more people being aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and just the, the moral support that that is, you That's know, awesome. just even running across people in a supermarket and going there yeah. and like, Hey, what's going on with that? Yeah. Really cool. It was such a morale booster for me. Oh, I bet. You, you just get to a point where, I don't know, like I, I don't want to live this life where my whole, my, my kids bug me. They're like, dad, you can turn any conversation into a conversation about the convoy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but that's it not was a big who... part of my life. Like it, yeah. it was huge. It was huge for me. I try not to be that guy. Um, and yet it, uh, I love talking about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just life goes on, right? Yeah. Like everybody goes back to work and it seems like everything's normal. We know it's not as normal as it seems maybe. Yeah. But you just start to feel a little bit forgotten. Yeah. You know? And, and and that goes back to that thing about keeping it quiet, where I think we kind of did it wrong. Like we should have maybe kept the public or people around us, friends and family, a little bit more informed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just start to feel a little bit forgotten. Like I remember this summer, actually, Chris uh, Barber and his wife, Riel, were up here. And they just kind of need to get away because he's, he's a very uh, notorious figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps that he's six and a half feet tall. <laughs> but yeah. he... Uh, Everybody knows who he is, especially if you get Saskatchewan East. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who he is. I heard him on the Sean Newman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so they get up here, and, and it's, it was kind of a little bit interesting. Like, some people just really didn't know who he was. Yeah. And But anyway, you know, there's just a com- camaraderie with that guy. Like, he is a real down-to-earth trucker mm-hmm. like he's, like he's, like not a nazi not a fascist or no anything no like that. no not Weird. at all he's oh, actually oh, just downtime he's just uh <laughs> he's just a trucker and uh you know just a genuine dude 
I, uh, he had to head out of town and we had to stop in at, uh, at a tire shop and get a tire fixed on his holiday trader. And then he left town and, and I had to go to work right after that. And I was driving up the highway and I'm just, I f- was feeling so alone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there goes the last guy that actually understands me. Yeah. You know, just fully understands everything. Cause he's got, I mean, to a much larger degree than I do, but he's got criminal maybes hanging over his head as well. Like trial, yeah. all this stuff. He understands every aspect of it. I'm not trying to downgrade people that have empathy, people that are trying to understand, people that are, you know, like, yeah. like I know there's people behind me. I know there's people that love me. I know there's people that support me. I'm just, you can only to such and such a degree walk in somebody else's shoes. And so I just knew that he understood that. And yeah. so when he left, I'm like, well, now I'm back to being by myself. And that's a little bit of an unfair, you know, because there are, like, I, I was so well supported all through it. Mm-hmm you know, to the degree of like an interesting story when we were there and it's, we got a big dump of snow here and I was in Ottawa and my wife's like calls me up one morning and she's like, so who should I call to get our driveway plowed? And I had just hung up from her and, uh, I forget exactly the chronology of it, but at that point, the place I was working for was just a few blocks down and my manager calls. He's like, Hey, we could run a skid steer over and plow your driveway. And, uh, then another friend calls. He's like, we're working in the area. Do you want me to get one of our guys to swing by? <laughs> and then, uh, no, the first one was my wife called and said, should I get Jim, my buddy Jim, who has a shop just a couple blocks over? Should I get him to, he had called and asked if he should plow it. Yeah. Then these other two guys call and, uh, do you want me to plow it? And then my wife's like, uh, Jim just plowed our driveway. Like just people looking after. Yeah. Like, like that wasn't, they were just, isolated they were, they were just on it. They were just so on it, like, like to the point, like my family was so well taken care of, you know, people dropping off flowers or cash or meals or just, uh, I had a friend that wanted, was thinking outside the box and we were doing some reno, had been doing some renos when I left. And so he comes over and he does some wiring in my, in our garage, like just people desiring to help. Yeah. So they were obviously there, but life goes on and people go back to their lives Yeah. and you just, you know. Yeah. And so this, this fundraiser was a real morale booster to see like people hadn't forgotten and people yeah. like we, like the, like Ben put out a great yeah. event. I pack, didn't hear about it until the day of. I'm like, oh, okay. what's going on with the Lido? And then it's like, oh, it's burns. I'm like, yeah. I had no Packed idea. It, it was, it was the closest thing I've felt to Ottawa for the, the, just the feel in the room, like just that, yeah that oneness of, of mind and spirit, you know, like just people just enjoying being together and being on the, like that community. Yeah. And so then they, and they ended up like, they ended up paying for my lawyer or costs in Ottawa for that week that I had to be there. And I was able to pass a gift on to Chris and Rael as well Yeah. for his trial because he's been behind. Like he's now 36 days in and the yeah. costs just keep accruing. Oh, I couldn't imagine the lawyer fees for that. Oh, it's Good unbelievable. Lord. And yet you recognize like going through it's how important it is to have good representation. Yeah. I've seen what happens when people try and self-represent and it's not good. No, they, mm-hmm. they, 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 uh, they think they've seen enough TV shows. Yeah, yeah I exactly, got this. I, right? I watch so many. I watch NCI. Suits all the time. I can do this. I can do <laughs> yeah. it on my own. Yeah. And so it's not. being, being like arrested kind of on the front end of things, um, does that mean like as far as like the legal proceedings, you're on the front end of things? Like, is there a big backlog of people? There yet? is definitely a big backlog. Like if you, somebody like Pat King. Yeah. isn't up till the spring Java Vizi. I don't know if you know that name or not. No. No. 
You guys will know. I'm going to pass this documentary on to you. Yeah. You'll know exactly who he is. Okay. You, you said Roma- the documentary multiple times. <laughs> let's, let's call it out. What is it called? Uh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. Where can where can people find it if they... Uh, you can find it at eaglevision.ca. Okay. Um, or on a Facebook page that's dedicated to unacceptable documentary. Okay. Uh, you can watch it on, there's a Freedom Network TV. Okay. Is there like a paywall for these it. things or is it, you can just go and watch? Uh, at Freedom Network TV, um, you can, I think you have to pay f- per view, but you don't actually have to subscribe to the network. Okay. okay. Um, but Eagle Vision is a local company. Like this is Ben Hobb and his wife, Johanna, who produced this. Yeah. And they will sell you a DVD or a Blu-ray or a thumb drive. Okay. For it as well. Okay. Because um, uh, I heard about it a lot and I just, I'm like, okay, I just got to make sure that's the so name. It's so fun. Right. Like I've been so fortunate to be a part of it. It's just yeah. really been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Jaba is a Romanian trucker who got severely beaten in Ottawa and uh, is a very interesting character. He's uh, He's got quite the story. He's, I think his trial is next fall, you know. And just again, some more of some more of that process is the punishment. Seems like, yeah. Um, Chris was telling me the one day he was so frustrated, like they're going through this this trial for charges similar to mine, plus a few more. Um, like Chris and Tamara both have charges that are like counseling to commit mischief and counseling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's a. It's a trial to do with these type of things. And he said, in our courtroom were two of the nations of Ottawa's top homicide detectives were attending my trial Hmm. for mischief charges when there had just been a drive-by shooting where people died in Ottawa the week before. Like, these guys couldn't be doing their job over there. they got to be attending my trial for mischief. Yeah. It just, and just the sheer mismanagement, like... Like our courts are already miss, like already backlogged, and there's just all these hours and hours and days and days. But the government's very good at running things. I'm surprised that they. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they lost money selling weed. (laughs) How good a did you know? I think they are. I think they spent like a three million dollars to find out where they lost three hundred thousand dollars. It's like, oh, money's being mismanaged. Let's do a research on that. Oh, it cost us three million dollars, and we found out where we mismanaged it. (laughs) Retards. Oh boy. Uh, as you can tell, we all love our government and we support yeah. them. Very much, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, unacceptable. Got to check that one out. Absolutely. I, and yeah. are you, you're not a big Facebook uh, social media guy. Uh, yeah, essentially, I've been meaning to get over to Twitter slash X just because I hear it's a little it's more a freewheeling. But dumpster fire. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we, I just got on it. And I'm, I don't like it. That's the, kind of what I was thinking of. I'm like, I'm more geared towards yeah. getting some of that clutter out of my life rather than getting onto more. Rather forms. than diving headfirst into it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just prick. I mean, mm. I'm not. I'm old enough to where I spend more time on places like Kijiji or Marketplace yeah. or whatever, <laughs> and it's a waste of time too, right? Yeah, I love Buying Marketplace. Stuff I don't need, but <laughs> I love flipping things. I love buying things for dirt cheap and then selling them yeah. for more or. But we, I think we, we would all do well to find ways to be more present in our lives rather yeah. than less. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, honestly, it's it's the culprit for a lot of the unease in our world. Like, we can compare ourselves to people across the continent. 
Yeah. Our communities used to be so much smaller, right? Yeah. And they were communities. Like yeah. you looked after your neighbor. Now, I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, any Okay, after the trial's done and you're declared innocent or guilty, whatever, what's, what's your plan after this? Is it just get right back to regular life and just... Yes and no. Um, I think every one of us has been changed. Every, definitely everybody that was a part of it. Yeah. Because it was such an amazing... I don't, it was just something that nobody was ready for. Yeah. When we were, we ended up getting most of the guys from my block when we were waiting for our trucks to come out of impound, we were in the same hotel and we sat there for most of a week because they kept our trucks in impound for a week. And it was something that stuck with me and I said this to the to the other guys. I'm like, we've all, whether intentional or not, we've all got a new platform. Yeah. Like by dint of having gone, right? Like there's some people now that listen to you that wouldn't have listened or that know who you are, that didn't know who you were before. Mm-hmm. Like I think our, our our focus, my desire anyway, is just to be able to do justice to that platform that I have. Yeah. Whatever that is. I think a lot of us have been woken up to the need for us to be more involved in our communities. Yeah. Whether that's just being more vocal, showing up to a protest or two, getting involved in politics, school board, yeah. Politics. I think we just need to be more involved. Yeah. Right? I think that's more, something in, that more intentional. Like, more intentional of, came up a while ago. Like, let's be more intentional. Let's yeah. A lot of conservatives have, have abandoned a lot of the council and leadership stuff because it's not economically good. It's a kind of waste of time. So, yeah. we get a lot of uh, liberal leaning moms who, they got nothing else going on. Why don't I just become part of this? Oh, I got whatever. And then you just get this very liberally pushed thing that it was like, oh, they never went into it to do that. It just was an opportunity where as conservatives we need to be more involved and as freedom loving Canadians we need to be like okay what is it? freedom should be a little more dangerous <laughs> and I am encouraged by that like I do see people that I know to be good people yeah like like running for regional director or yeah or whatever you yeah. know I, oh, I think that'll keep happening I think we've just gotten to that point where more people recognize yeah we got to be there we can't we can't abandon these spaces and be like oh some that's somebody else's problem yeah well, hopefully a sleeping giant's been awoken yes um <laughs> the normal people can kind of get back into that space of discussion yeah mm. and, and civil discussion too like actually having the hard conversations with people you disagree with and that's where i love what we do here is because we have people that we disagree with and it's well, one person. We need more. <laughs> he, he's See, liberal enough for me. Yeah, that's an interesting. <laughs> our fr- our friend Will, like who you know, like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's our token liberal friend, and oh, okay. he, he brings to bear to us a lot of that stuff that we get to wrestle with, with him. Yeah, it's it's funny when he agrees with me. He's like, I agree with you, and it's like, <laughs> which often goes my way more than his. Okay. I feel bad. <laughs> But All right. We should wrap up. It's actually been a long time already. Yeah. Um, any last words? Burn? No, it's been fun, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, for sure. Next time you come on, we're, we're not talking about this. No, like We'll talk about motorcycles or something. Nice. It's going to be very I like chill. That. I will have a drink with you. And th- that's when it gets really rough. That's when we get into why... Your nickname is Kickstand? Yep, we can get into that. Sweet. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. God bless. Uh, Have a great week. We'll talk to you later.